All right, welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast, episode 25. My name is Kyle Versteg, and I'm on the air today with Jim Noka, the knife ninja all around Grand Poobah of knives and all those sorts of issues. <laughs> and there You're is, funny. Trying to bait You're him funny. into talking. <laughs> Hello, folks. Glad to see you today. Yeah, so uh, what's been up? I see it's snowing yeah, it's, there. It's, uh, we're supposed to get another six inches of snow, and uh, it's it's actually warm right now. It's like uh, 26 degrees, I think, right now, currently. Current temperature is like 26. Hmm. It's like a heat wave. We're having a heat wave. Yeah, yep. craziness. Yep. And um, we might as well get right after it. <laughs> Well, let's start with knife stuff <laughs> before we get into anything else. So, Ooh, I got you. You seen any actually? Cool you know what? Or I, I, I was rooting through some of my uh, my old stuff, and I and I ran mm-hmm. across this, and I thought you might appreciate it. This is probably something that you never have never seen before, and um, can you see that? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to describe um, what I'm seeing here. So he's got a folder that looks like it's a liner lock folder. Um, Yep, liner lock. It's got a really pointy, sharp blade, um, probably four inches long. It's uh, set up right... No, that's set up uh, left-handed for you. Um, He's got the pocket clip reversed to the other side. Uh, It looks like it probably has G10 um, scales over the steel liners. It looks like something that Benchmade may have made. Um, Looks like any kind of a Benchmade. This is is as good a quality as as any blue line Benchmade. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Fit and finishes is really quite nice. I'm I could never quite understand why this company did not survive. This this company showed up on the scenes. God, I want to say like it might have been. Hang on a second, and I'll get some exact dates for you. It might have been like 2002. Um, okay. It's. And, and it showed up, and it came out with with this knife. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to call this a a Genesis. I think that that was what it was called. And the uh-huh. the, the company was called EDI. Um, okay. Edge Design Incorporated. And it right. was. Uh, the president of the company is um, a fellow named Will Fennell, um, who was a salesperson for Camillus when Camillus went defunct. Um, decent guy, great shotgun shooter. And um, mm-hmm. he he went to work for a fellow, and I, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember his name. But they came up with this knife, this knife design, and it was, you know, I mean, this was in, 
during that time frame, this was what the latest and greatest was. G10 scaled uh, titanium frame, uh, liner locks, titanium liners, and um, I think this is a 154cm blade, if I'm not. No, ATS-34, so that's the, that's the, uh, uh, the time frame, when ATS-34 was the latest and greatest. And it's a great blade steel. I mean, I, I got this is a this is a this is a knife I carried for for quite some time, and I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it's yep, got some yep, wear on it's it. A, it's so. a um, it's a pretty neat it's a pretty neat piece. Um, the ergos are really good on it. Uh, it opens and closes quite well, and um, and it was kind of like I said, it's kind of interesting that it it did not the company did not uh, hang around. Well, it um, a lot of the benchmades from around that time, if your time frame is accurate, yes. kind of look. Oh yeah, like this that. was this was the um, uh, yeah. You know, and for the life of me, I cannot find. I cannot find any any you know much information about the company, and I'm just going by re, by remembering you know just my head, um, but it wasn't, and it seems to me that I spoke with the guy that not Will but I spoke with um, with the guy that was setting this up at a God I want to say it was at a shot show. Yeah, but it, was, or it was like way back when, and um, I just and I had I had a couple of them, and I I sold one of them. Genesis two. Uh -huh. I'm seeing a Genesis two, and a Genesis one. Uh, was designed to run head to head with the AFCK. Yeah, well, I can't tell you much about the company. All I know, all I know well, is that anyway. that we should, I, I should do a little bit of research on it actually, and and uh, and bring people. This is like a piece of our history, and uh, I don't, I don't think it should be a forgotten company because the uh, the the fit and finish of this is an extremely, it's extremely well made, and uh, uh -huh. I think it should be, it's it's noteworthy. And it's a noteworthy piece of history that should be um, should be remembered. Yeah. Well, you know the it it it's so similar to the Benchmade. I mean, if I if I hadn't seen the EDS um, etching on the blade, I would have assumed that you were holding up right. a Benchmade. So maybe maybe that was their well, problem, is that there was already a company kind of doing that. Yeah, but I think. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's always room for these kinds of this kind of thing. You know, I'm not I'm not sure why uh -huh. why a I mean I don't think that they were ahead of of their time because they're but I also think that they were um you know, they were breaking into an industry that I I'm I'm guessing that it was totally geared toward their marketing was totally geared toward the internet and forums, and and it wasn't, uh -huh. uh, and it might have been a marketing issue. I I I'm not sure. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, this is the first I'm hearing of them. But I, you know, I'm not Mr. Super Knife Nut or anything. But um, but it is a but it is a cool knife. Yeah, I mean it it does have and you know to yeah, be honest, there's not nice. a lot of. Uh, I mean it's it's elegance is its simplicity. What do you got? Yeah. You got a new Benchmade? That's the same one. It has kind of that. No, this it kind of has the shape. If you look at the yep. handle yep. on. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of the mm-hmm. same knife. Yeah, the handle is the handle is real um, similar right in the front where the pivot is. Yeah, and it even has like the jimping up there and all that. But um, yeah, so you mentioned um, Benchmade Blue Line. So explain that. Oh, they have several. They have several what different is, uh, kinds of. Um, knives. They have a uh, a gold line, which I think is their is their top of the top of the shelf. They have their blue line, which uh-huh. is like their really really good stuff. And then they have a red line, and then they have a and it might be the red line that's that's made in uh, China. Um, okay. Yeah, gold class, blue class, black class. Yeah. Okay, bl- yeah, but there's one more. There is a red line. I'm pretty sure that there's a red line. Okay. Oh, and these are all the gold. The gold class ones are all limited edition right. things. So you get like um, like the fancier, you know, crazy yeah, finishes the fancier, and the fancier. Uh, excuse me, the fancier yeah. stuff. Wow, they have a Pardue uh, yeah. limited edition. It's got um, it's it's got like a. Uh, sticker type yeah. blade you know it's it looks like it's double-edged and it's damascus and it's got like crazy um clip on it and stuff and they but they want 500 yeah. bucks for yeah, it. yeah they have they have uh but that's, you know that, that stuff i think comes out of their that comes out of their um custom shop yeah you know and the, yeah i mean that that's yeah. what you're looking at is the really well, I'm looking at I'm looking at their website and they, now, and I'm not seeing a bread class. But God, I could have swore they had a. I thought they had a line of knives that were made in, in China. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I like the I like that Purdue one. The other one I'm looking at is the seven five zero five. It's got an interesting um, blade shape on it. You see that? The seven fives. Zero five dash one thirty one dual action limited edition. Oh, those are. It's a frame lock. Uh, this one looks like seven five zero five one thirty two. One thirty one. Huh. Well, I know I know a lot of their stuff yeah, is. Um, A lot of their stuff is is, yeah, is ambidextrous. They're pretty big about that. Yeah, I like their I like their that's why I like mm-hmm. their Axis Lock stuff. That's uh, mm-hmm. pretty sweet stuff. So you um you kind of got uh, schnookered by a Chinese uh, knockoff company. No, the other no, day, no, no, huh? no, no. I didn't. <laughs> I I. No, no, no. You didn't. Right. But you posted what I did was I posted the, what yeah. I what I posted was. And and I I hope people understood that. I what I posted was the letter that that uh, Curtis had written. That was oh, okay. that was I what I was that. actually trying to share was the letter that that he was. Uh, um, yeah, I think I you know I think I should go back and probably fix that a little bit. 
because what what I was what Curtis had written a letter, um, and I and I wrote nice job Curtis class act, and he had written a um, where the hell is the letter at? Well, that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. I need to. I need to fucking so fix what, that. Let what, me let me fix that. Yeah, because what what came across on on Facebook was you yeah, linking no, to I fix that. a uh, Spartan Spartan Blade site. Only it was www.xxxknives.com, right. <laughs> and so I I clicked through because the knife looked cool, and I'm like, wow, that's badass. And I looked at the price, and it was fifty eight dollars, and I'm like, dude, how can they manufacture that? And it was a Spartan blade. I don't remember the model, but I'm like, how can they possibly manufacture that for 58 bucks? And then somebody else chimes in. Well, um, it, it says free shipping from China. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna fix that right now because what the, this is the letter that that Curtis had written. It said uh, letter to Triple X Knife Company. Dot com maker of counterfeits. Dear sir, my name is Curtis V. Ivito. And I'm the owner of a small business in America. I'm a former Special Forces soldier who worked in Asia all my life. I found most Chinese people are to be honorable. With that said, I see you are selling cheap copies of my company's knives. Not only are you using my trademark, but Mr. William Harsey's name <clears throat> to profit from his hard work. Dear sirs, you simply have no honor. This is a picture of you have... This is the picture you have painted of of the Chinese people. Look inward at the, and at the damage you are doing to your people and your to a small company in America where honor is a way of life. Shame on you and please stop selling your counterfeit Spartan blades. Curtis Ivito. Huh. So I I'm going to I'm sorry if I if I gave the wrong intention. That was not my intention. I shared the link that that Curtis had had put up for Spartan Blades. What are these uh, chimes from heaven? I'm hearing. That's my that's my uh, little schoolhouse clock. <laughs> oh boy! Well, hopefully it's just once an hour yeah. or something. <laughs> actually, actually, uh, people always I at picked me. up that. Um, well, yeah, wouldn't you know? It's noon. I picked up that um uh that clock for for uh $10 at a yard sale and it didn't work. And I actually uh -huh. fixed it. The chimes didn't work and uh it it was it was bunged up. <clears throat> That's cool. Well, wasn't it you I I went over to your house and you had a bird call yeah, clock or yeah, something, that's right? And I look up at the clock and the thing is it, it was, I mean, I know most of the calls of the woodlands birds that are anywhere near where I live, you know, because I spend so much freaking time out there. And so I hear this chickadee, and I'm like, oh, where's that chickadee coming from? And I looked around, <laughs> and there's the clock, and the, the, the hour hand was pointing to, like, a cardinal. And I'm like, dude, that's not a cardinal, that's a chickadee. Like, no, uh It's like, no, really, I know. <laughs> that's chickadee. So we fixed it so that uh, the calls lined up with the right bird. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, that was pretty funny, yeah. actually. Uh... 
so so on um, Knife Journal, uh, our forums there, someone has submitted a topic request. Uh, I think this is a good idea. Uh, I'm going to just read it to you because it, it just got posted up like just a couple minutes ago. So this is from TD Hurl. 1103 and he says I would love to hear your take on knife makers slash designers trademarking certain aspects of a knife whether it be actual working parts of a knife or the cosmetically identifying features or how some makers may claim a steel is proprietary when really it probably shouldn't be this is just one example in parentheses I'm not picking on bussy the talon hole on bussy knives or the infi steel we hear you guys say in nearly every episode about how everything has already been done so how can a maker trademark something he probably got from somebody else well that's interesting that's a whole that's a freaking that's a two-hour discussion there well yeah, maybe no, no. we could just i, I, I don't hit mind. the main points of it currently i think and I could be mistaken here. Spyderco has um, has three things that constitute their trademark, or maybe it's their mm -hmm. patent. I'm not an attorney, so I mm -hmm. so I'm not sure which one it, which one it is. But I believe it is a hump, a hole, and a and a lock, or a hump, a hole, and serrations. Are we talking about a whorehouse? No, no, no. We're ta we're talking about oh. we're talking about Spyderco's trademark. I think it's a hump, a hole. Oh, okay. Well, how can they by the hump the they hump mean over the, the, hole, I the think, thumb yeah. ramp? But you, but theirs requires all three. So anybody can okay. put a hole in their blade. Anybody can yeah. put a thumb ramp. And and the third thing, yeah. I don't know what the hell the third one is. Hang on a second. Hmm. Well, you know, while so we don't interrupt the flow too much here, while you're searching, um, you know, it just seems, you know, you can go back and see knives yeah. from. Oh, well, I guess you know, what, what I was forever. getting at. What I was getting at was nobody else can trademark anything else except for the fact that Bussy can trademark Infi Steel, and he because. He calls it. But wait a minute. We found that steel yes, on a steel maker's exactly website, right. and it wasn't even. It's nothing. It's it's the freaking steel that they use for correct paper cutters. But this is this I, is what I, he seen this it. is what he can trademark, if I'm not mistaken. I think he can trademark the name Infi Steel. So he can take a piece of steel, whatever. He, you can take and, 1095 and call it Infi and, Steel and trademark and it's, it. And, yeah, so nobody can nobody can use the name right. Infi Steel. And that's what I'm getting at. Anybody can use the, um, the kind of steel he's using, but they can't use the the uh the, okay. the 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 name Infi Steel. Yeah, okay. Well, that that's, and, that makes sense. Like uh Gerber and their surgical yeah. steel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people use surgical <laughs> steel. I I don't even think they know what that is. <laughs> I don't know why you would want to use the Surgical steel on a freaking well, knife, anyway. The scalpel blades go dull. Yeah, but in like most people don't know any surgeons. Well, okay. You know, I, I mean, it. I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, why not call it astronaut steel? Yeah, I, I guess mean, that's look, true. Or werewolf I, steel. 
Hey, hey, guy, I'm trademarking it right now. My blades are made from werewolf steel. <laughs> no, Listen, no, better. I know, steel. I know a, a pretty prevalent <laughs> maker that when he first started mm-hmm. out, thought that rifle steel barrel was a would, would be great would oh, be a boy. great uh, steel to use for for um, for knives because rifle steels are rifle barrel steel is pretty tough. Problem is, it doesn't get hard. <laughs> yeah, you got to give that stuff yeah, some. Yeah, it doesn't get hard. Yeah, Google that shit. Yep. Google that right there. So, so the so his early uh, knives weren't very were pretty soft and and pliable. Yeah, and as I understand the history of that, it wasn't a correctable N- problem. No, you can't. No, if you use that kind of steel, yeah. it will not get hard. I. I had a go ahead. Well, you know, and it, and it makes sense because with a, with a rifle barrel, the the barrel is is going to flex and expand as that as that bullet sure. is going down. Sure. It. You know, that's that's the whole like tuning your your bullet to the gun is that your your barrel is going to flex and it's going to wobble and do all these sorts of things. I wonder what would happen if you made it out of like your barrel out of like hardened steel. How it well, would change it, that? It is hardened. It's just not as hard as knife steel, and that's the whole point. You can get it to like right, I think I think that yeah. stuff you can get to like. I want to say it would go. It would harden up to like fifty three points. That's still pretty darn hard. That's like the Randalls. No, right? No, Randalls are fifty eight. Pretty no. much, pretty much, almost all okay. cutlery is is in the fifty eight range, in fifty eight fifty nine range. But here's okay. the, here's the funny part about it. I have I've have had knives from the past that were way softer than that in the forties. And they were yeah. from the you know, and it might have been a knife that had gotten through and not gotten heat treated. You know, uh-huh. had gotten had gotten worked but never gotten heat treated. Had gotten polished but never gotten heat treated. And it, the knife couldn't hold an edge mm-hmm. very well. And unless you actually take it and put it on a Rockwell tester or use a file or you know, one of those uh, brass rod tests. You really don't know how how hard that is. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of except that except that they go the softer knives yes, go, go dull really quickly, but then yeah, they sharpen, sharpen up, up very easily. Too, you you know? can sharpen them on your ass. Yeah. I mean, you, you can sharpen them <laughs> yeah. on, on your jeans. I mean, you can. I mean, really, they don't take much yeah. to get them sharp again. And and um, one uh-huh. of the things that was kind of interesting was that the blade steel from the 40s and 30s and you know up and through most modern well I would say most modern knives were um uh the the kind of steel that that Sharon um Camillus used it for years and years and years it was um oh what the hell you can't you can't even get it anymore because uh they they won't make it but it was um oh god uh O one seventy six, I think, was the designation, and and the steel was very huh. widely used amongst the the old time cutlery companies because they could be batch heat treated, meaning you could throw a basket into the oven, and uh-huh. and you know heat treating is all about doing things in a very precise fashion, and if you've been around much around factories. 
things aren't quite done in a very precise fashion. So that Sharon steel mm-hmm. was very forgiving when it came to the heat treating process and working process. Um, they could they could heat treat that as a big batch, and you got pretty good performance whether the number was 56 or 59. You still got a pretty okay. good you know you still got pretty good performance out of it. And um, that's why you hear a lot of the like the, a lot of the knives from World War II were were that. And um, we're, we're made uh-huh. of that steel. Well, and probably the the, er, the Randalls from that 6. era. 0170-6, I think was the was the name. I think Randalls were always yeah. tool always tool steel because I think they were more okay. they were forged and they were heat treated on an individual type basis. Well, I'm talking about mass production, Ma- okay. mass produced knives because they were when they uh-huh. went into a heat treat, they went in um, and. All of them went like in a big basket, went into the oven, and then they all came out at the same, you know. And then some of them cooled faster than others, and that was the yeah. that was the um, whether they were oil quenching them or if they were just dipping them or however they were doing it, they weren't they weren't all done at the same time. They all were done at different different yeah. speeds. Some of them waited to go through the you know to the to the quench. Some of them went through a little faster and. You know, it just it was a, it was a but that that steel was much more forgiving than a lot of the steels today. That you have to have a very precise yeah. recipe for heat treating. So it's kind of a yeah. kind of an interesting piece of history, you know. And and uh, you know, you always hear stories from the old timers about how you know they had a certain kind of knife and it was uh, it held an edge for longer than this kind. I mean, that was a lot of the brand loyalties came from from those kinds of things, guys that were actually using and sharpening their knives, you know, whether, whether Buck, yeah. their system was exactly the same as Camillus or it was exactly the same as Case or, you know, there was, there was little subtle differences that caused maybe somebody's knives maybe to hold an edge a little bit longer than somebody else's. And, or maybe uh-huh. you just happened to get a, you know, a Camillus that was, or a Case that was, you know, Came out at the precise time that you got a beautiful heat treat and and a uh, had the proper Rockwell and and every and you know all was right with the world when you got this one knife because it held an edge for a long time and you were able to sharpen it and 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 it was tough and it did all of these things and then somebody else you know four miles away could have got a knife from the, that was exactly like yours and his didn't hold an edge with us, you know, not, not near as well. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was, t- but it was tolerable, but he couldn't, he didn't yeah. brag on his because his wasn't quite as good as yours. Well, I'll, I'll have to, I have to get, um, I have a modern story to tell about that, but, um, bringing it back to the trademarking thing, you know, I can totally see why, um, with the spider hole and all that, I mean, you you see a Spyderco knife, you don't have to see the brand. You know it's right. a Spyderco knife. Absolutely, positively, it's a Spyderco. They look right. a certain way, you know. Um, with the exception of the Bushcrafter, because that one, it's got a little hole, but it doesn't have, like, the hump and all right. that, you know. Um, so, you know, I can see, you know, this is a design feature. We don't want everybody and their dog, like, designing knives that look like ours because right. it dilutes the brand. You know, so I can see that. Um, the uh, 
What do you, what do you think about that talon hole thing on the bussies? I I've yet to figure out what the you know, hell it's, it's for. Yeah, I I can't say I know either, but maybe they think they're gonna like lash their knife to a stick and and use it as like a spear if if they ever actually took it out. I, of their I, I, I don't know. Case. I I, I like I said I. I don't understand that. You know, they could be the greatest knives in the world. I don't know. I don't own one. So I really can't. I mean, I, <laughs> I just can't bring myself to to buying one. I like the... There is a cool one, though. Um, well, I've got two of them. I've got the Badger and I've got the um, Boss Jack. And both of those are were pretty good knives. Um, I probably wouldn't buy them again because I can make my own now um but uh there is one that's cool and it's the one that in that oh, yeah. show that you, were, you like you were talking the reason you were calling yeah, me carl were forever that, um before yeah his knife is yeah. is cool yeah and that's a bust and, and I, I like i said i i got nothing uh i got nothing bad to say about him and and quite honestly i think i've said this before jerry bussy is a phenomenal marketing individual um if you can sell mm-hmm. a knife without a sheath, more power to you, man. For for a full retail. <laughs> well, beyond retail, I mean, because looking looking at them, there's not. I mean, I can produce any of those things. I can copy any of those, and it's not. I'm not going to have close to, you know, four hundred dollars worth of value into into yeah. that knife. You know, like it. it just for example, you can make a um, nine-inch overall uh, knife out of O1 tool steel with um, you know G10 handles and you know pins and liners and all that. So you know, taking it a step above just your typical slapping on stuff, you can make that for about mm-hmm. 25 bucks. You know, and that's paying. That, that's not even ordering your steel and micarta and all that in bark. That's or in bulk, that's that's just you know as a you know pay, basically paying retail for those materials. You can make it for about twenty five bucks, you know. And so, I guess you're paying for a lot of the marketing mm-hmm. there. And and people got to make a living. I mean, just because I make something for twenty five bucks, what about the hours and hours of time that I put into making each one, and then the design and you know all those things and then you got to pay for the marketing and for them to have this like castle thing at blade show <laughs> um, did i tell you my blade show story from from Didn't the bussy push booth? you or something no 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 so so i was walking by the the this is in this is like two years ago or maybe more but anyway i was walking by the bussy booth and i hear all this like screaming and yammering and like all of a sudden, like all these people started running and like making all this commotion and stuff. And they, th- somebody threw out an envelope that uh, that had I later found out had the opportunity to purchase at full price a knife, right? It wasn't that they you know they were throwing out a free knife thing. It was the opportunity to buy from us at at full price, mind you, a knife. And so they throw this envelope out, and it hits this guy, uh, and he caught it because it hit him right in the chest, and he just caught it like you would a football. And this, like, 
like, 100-pound girl runs up and, like, tackles him, just lays him out. It was like freaking, you know, Mike Singletary just crushing some poor quarterback. That's what it looked like. And she beat him up and took it away from him. <laughs> and I have it on video. <laughs> it was you, awesome. You videotaped that? <laughs> yes. And I actually put a, a snippet of that into I, I did a video on um, probably the Boss Jack. Yeah, probably this video I did on the Boss Jack has like a snippet <laughs> of that in it. Like, so I have videotape of a girl beating up a guy over the chance to purchase at full price That's a bussy funny. knife. <laughs> it was awesome. That's funny. It for a while it made me believe in those TV shows where like women are like beating up rooms full of guys and stuff and you're like listen i don't i don't care what martial arts you have you weigh 120 pounds and you can maybe bench press 80 okay i'm 200 pounds and you know <laughs> there's no way you know there's no way no way that you'd admit it anyway so I, uh, well no way yeah i'd never 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 like like maybe Layla ali <laughs> Like Dude, maybe. I worked I worked with this <laughs> you know? girl. I worked with this young lady. Very attractive young lady. That uh-huh. was I'll have to show you some videos of her that uh she posted on YouTube. Uh, she is she weighs probably hundred and twenty pounds, I'll guarantee she whip your ass. Six six <laughs> ways from Sunday. I and I, I kid you not. She she is a um she, at the time, she was not a bodybuilder. She was she was a um, yeah. Oh, they had a name for it. It was a uh, body. Well, yeah, and it was supposed to be or... like the perfect female form. Okay. Okay. And this this lady had a, she had a six pack that would, any any guy would be like die for it. I mean, it was okay. really like a really really good stomach. And she could do. Uh-huh. She would hang on a uh, um, a heavy bag and do sit-ups. Yeah, like she'd hang by her legs. She would like like squeeze oh, on wow. the heavy bag and do sit-ups. I mean, she she was that's pretty tough. Yeah, it was. She was very very impressed, and she was a badass. And she would kick most guys' yeah. asses. I'd yeah. I'd have to see wow. it. <laughs> When I was her this, arms, this, her here's arms a funny story. Mind. Women, women versus men here. Yeah, but there's it's different though. I mean, you've got 80 pounds on her. You know, like and the weight really does make a difference, right? So, when I was in um, in uh, yeah, high school, I whipped there, guys' asses that in, were 80 pounds heavier than me. Hit him with a fucking beer mug. He, well, that's, <laughs> there you go. but if but the problem is, is if they get a hold of you, they'll yeah. tire you out. They may not beat you, but you'll be struggling yeah. against their weight, you know. And as long as and they they'll they'll, they'll just tire you out eventually. But that the, was back so in the, that was back in the when day. I was in that high was school. Back in the day when uh, we had they used to give those big beer mugs, those big glass heavy beer mugs. Yeah, big yep. huge German ones with the yep. shield. Well, it was the clear that. glass. It was the whole thing was clear. I mean, it was thick. Oof. It was they were like this. You know, it was like the big frosted yeah. mug things. And I hit I yeah, caught yeah. that guy right across the jaw. Right, right, like from, right, right on right, the button. That's perfect. And he went, he, he went yeah, down that's like the button. <laughs> I never seen anybody fall that fast. 
You, if you hit them right, right at that spot yep. you just showed me, you, you can. You don't even have to hit them really. You can slap them there and it'll <laughs> knock them out. Like, really? I've seen it. Like I, yeah. Like if you get them just right, it moves their neck in such a way that it just, it just, it, they'll this, they this just guy, go down. This guy I mean, was. Uh, I you know, and I'm not. I'm not a teeny guy. I I probably weigh 205 pounds, 206 pounds. Yeah, you're you're and about my size. This guy yeah. towered over me by a foot and a half, <laughs> and he was giving me a ration of shit, and I smacked him before. I I mean I knew it was one of those deals that I was either gonna die, or um, <laughs> or or do or you know if I, there was no way that I was gonna go toe to toe with this guy. So. Mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, basically strategically making the first strike, and 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, strategically. And, uh, and he went down, and I walked back to the table. There was there was three other guys with me that that at that place. I walked back to the table, and I said, "I'm leaving right now. Who's going with me?" I said, "See that big fucker over there? When he gets up, he is going to be one pissed off dude, and I don't want to be around when he gets up." Yeah, it's going to be like the yeah, running of the bulls. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's going to be crazy. So, I, so we we uh, we took off out of there very quickly, and um, yeah, went went and drank somewhere else that night. But yeah, you know, far far away. Yeah, is and where I'm I sure go. That he, when he woke up, he must have been pissed. But oh god! Although you know, when when people get knocked out when they first wake up, they aren't really mad. You know, because you just hit the reset button. It takes them a little bit to get worked <laughs> up after that. Like, don't ask me how I know that. But anyway, so when I was in high school, they um, we wrestled and wrestled and wrestled, and I wrestled varsity from freshman year. You know, like, and so they, uh, I was on the varsity team, and this one school we wrestled didn't have enough guys or whatever to fill their varsity team. And so one of the weights, it was like 156 or something, was uh, filled mm. by a girl. Okay, and so like we knew that our 156-pounder was going to have to wrestle this girl. And so for like a month in advance, we were just ribbing him like, dude, I've heard she like destroys guys <laughs> and stuff, you know. And he's like, I'm not losing to her. And, he's, and we're like, no, dude, like seriously, she, this is not. She might not be, <laughs> and he's like, "I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess her up." You know, so we got him fired up and fired up and fired up, and uh, all the way there for like a month before, all the way to the thing, up to like ten seconds before he took the mat. We're like, "She's gonna kill you," and he was, he went out there, he was like red, fired up, pissed off. Right, this girl comes out there. He grabbed a hold of her, threw her down, and had her pinned in under ten seconds. <laughs> like it was, it was unbelievable. Like how, how much he manhandled her. You know, and that's that's the thing. Same weight, only you know he cut down from one eighty to get to one fifty six, and there's there's just even weight for weight doesn't matter. Like this muscle density is I'm telling you these are trained these we were trained athletes she was a muscle trained athlete muscle density is different though isn't it you know she was no Mu- slouch is muscle density different you know it, it's it's males and females are just different there's way more muscle mass on a 156 pound man than there is on a 156 yeah. pound woman it, it's not even comparable 
but and and look, she had the same theoretically she was, you know, at at no disadvantage, you know, in terms of training and stuff, you know. They the, they were both trained athletes. Huh. Um but yeah, that that's my funny male versus female story. But then, like, afterwards, we're like, oh, you beat up a girl <laughs> and all this. It doesn't count. <laughs> and, go, and during that time, boy, guys are just relentless, too, aren't they? Oh, God. just We were just terrible. Um, you know, all in, all in good fun, but, like, yeah. kind of not. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, if you lose that, if, if he would have oh lost that, he would have had to move to another oh state. God. Because everyone in the state, would I would, have known I would think that. that he would have to turn to a to another country. Yeah, very likely. Because that would have well nowadays on the interwebs, somebody would have posted that with their cell phone camera, and it would have been freaking viral. Like this girl, like beating up this guy. <laughs> you see that? Check, uh, click on that link. Yeah, I'm looking now. Let's see. Uh, so Jim just sent me a link. Uh, I'm gonna try to get it here folks uh anyway yeah yeah she's pretty buff <laughs> but honestly she's she's no she's buff because she's got low body fat for a girl um you you take a guy of the same weight and they just walk mop the floor with her but, you know assuming trained assuming he's not yeah. a couch potato but uh that's why they ha- they're having so much trouble finding uh the the combat soldiers that meet the physical fitness right. standards for for right. the ladies and it's not it's nothing against them they're badasses you know and they can probably do it but they're just not even in maximal training they're just not going to be able to do this the same stuff and it's not their fault it's you know hormones right. and whatnot but uh yeah so I mean as far as the whole trademarking thing uh I don't know I don't know what else to say well, about it's, it really. It's, I one of the things that that is uh that does kind of grind me is the copy you know when guys are direct copies and the counterfeiting. I mean that stuff right. that, that that Chinese company did is is to me is hideous. And they they really yeah. need to uh uh, the Spartan guys need to really get a hold of a congressman and and file a complaint with customs and not allow that shit into the country. Um, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't resolve the issue. You know, for some reason our government is tolerating this kind of crap, and uh-huh. and I'm not quite sure uh, why we are why we are doing that. Um, you know, they, they just left alone to fight their battles. Uh, Spartan Blades is is going to spend a lot of money on fighting a company that is uh, more than likely being sanctioned by the government, by the Chinese government, or by or or subsidized uh, by the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's economic war. It's economic warfare. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's just um, I, I'm surprised they let them get away with trademarking something on a knife, though. You know, because it's such. Who's to say I can't? Well, what? Um, what? What? I mean, you saw that picture. 
that picture yeah, looks like it I mean, comes it looks, out of their it, shop. It, yeah, it has, that's what I was has, saying. I like I, you can't like, tell the difference. They're trademarking. They're they're using their trademark name, and they're yeah. using the designer's name in their advertising. Yeah. I mean that, that's clearly. It. Yeah, I mean they they are, but I getting back to design feature, I, you know, names and stuff. I I totally get it, but I just don't know how. Like like say if I tried to trademark the clip point, you know, yeah, no, no, or I just no, did one. That. Th- that, but that's that's well, and that's the whole thing is like how do you trademark putting a hole, um, some you, you know in the in the ricasso of your knife, which is basically what that. I don't. Um, uh, did he? Have, and and did I know I know people that have been hit by that. Do that? Yeah, because I because um, T M Hunt. Um, on the on the early M18s, they put that in there, and I I think I even have one that has a um, has a hole in that in that part of the knife, and they got hassled by Jerry Bussey. They got hassled by him. Does that? Uh, I think they got like some sort. Of, I mean, we'd have to have them tell the story because, uh, and I have to do a mea culpa. Sometimes I do screw up um, <laughs> s- some details on stuff. Like for instance, I said that. I heard on the Gear Geeks Live podcast uh, that uh, um, that the cryo took takes three hours of machining, and actually, what I heard was them saying that this other knife took three hours of machining, and for some reason, I got them crossed in my mind. So, you know, I think I remember hearing the story that that they got some cease and desist letter from Jerry Bussey's attorney that they were violating a a trademark or something like that. And I know other people that have gotten that same letter, you know, because they're stealing so much money away from the bussy market. I mean, come on, you know, they're selling like, you know, 20 knives. It's like, come on, dude. But, um, anyway, I'm still, you know, I'm not sure. Let's see. I'm not sure that that's actually a. See, I think all of, I think all of um, Spiderco stuff has those three elements, whatever they are. I, I and I don't remember what they are, but it seems to me that all of their knights have. So they can actually trademark that because all their knights have that. And I don't think that that little hole in the Ricasso is on all of Bussy knives, is it? I don't know. Um, I'll just do a Google Images search for Bussy Knives here, and we'll see what what comes up. Uh, okay, so every single one on the first... Um, no? Yeah, I think every single one on the first page of Google Images that's an actual Bussy has that. So, but there's this one, though. I don't know. Yeah, it looks, I mean, but even so, how do you say that, I don't know, it just seems odd that you can trademark that. Because I guarantee you, you can go back and find other knives through history that have had that, you know. But um, anyway. I don't know. I, I You know we, what, I leave that up to the courts, and I, yeah. I know that... Um, People get their shorts all in a 
their panties all in a bunch over that stuff. Um, I mean, I remember years ago about a an argument over tomahawks and a, and a yeah. company that was making a, a a tomahawk and it was patent and trademark infringement or whatever. You know, I you know nobody's going after the real culprits, and I think the real culprits are the guys yeah. that are making direct copies and pawning them off as originals as as counterfeits. Yeah, and even putting like even putting like the names on yeah. the box and and the the Chinese one that you linked to had like made in the USA yep. sticker on the box yep. and all that. I mean, it, it's basically a direct yep. rip off, but anyway, I think that horse is is now uh, Well, no, dead. I'm sure it's not because I'm sure we said something that'll get somebody's panties in a bunch. Well, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just calm your ass down. Well, I think it's, I think, you know, and, and, uh, um, I mean, I've been, I've seen knives that were exact copies of other knives. I mean, they were, yeah. You know, that, and, and I could see how that could yeah. irritate somebody. But look, yeah, if you're, well, it, if you're it making a bushcraft knife, me, but, uh-huh. it's pretty much going to look like every other bushcraft knife. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Yep. You know, and it. Go ahead. And yeah, there's there's going to be like we were talking about the other day. Um, one knife is going to look something yep. like the other, um, but there 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 are small differences. You know, like the handle is different, right. or you know, the blade shape is slightly different, and you know that's yep. all fair game. You know, but uh, the thumb ramp. Anyway, the thumb ramp. A thumb ramp. Yeah, you know, just adding different design elements that make it work better for you. Um, we got another topic request asking us to talk about the new zero tolerance uh, fixed blade in their tomahawk. Do you see this? It's in uh, on the under the podcast mm-hmm. subforum there. So I'm looking at this fixed blade and I'll give some um, some details for our listening audience at home. It's a full tang knife fixed blade. Um, it says it's got chain ring hardware but I don't I don't know what that means. Comes with a sheath. It's um, the steel is Venatus Four Extra, whatever that is, tungsten coated. Um, the handle is G10. Blade is 4.2 inches long and it's uh, a fifth of an inch thick, 9.2 inches overall. Um, I, I really don't have an opinion. <laughs> Yeah, are you seeing it? I'd like or? to play with one. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play with one. Yeah, that's. Well, that's that's the problem is is I haven't held it, so I really don't know. Um, what to say about it? It looks like a useful blade shape. It looks like you know something that I would use. Um, the handle has has that. It it's bordering on the um, finger grooves. Which I don't know. Again, I'd have to hold it, but in general, I, I'm not a huge fan of knives that lock my 
fingers right. in one position. Um, I do like the unguarded uh, steel on the back with the lanyard hole. Um, it's not everybody's favorite thing, mm -hmm. but I like it. Um, as far as the jimping, you know, most of the time for my own stuff, I don't, I don't really care one way or another if there's jimping on the blade, but it looks like it's got some really big, aggressive, um, jimping on the top. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't dislike it. I think it's a, I think it's an attractive blade yeah, shape. I yeah. think it's, uh. You know, I, I I usually reserve my opinions for something that I've actually used, and that and that's a, it's difficult right. to look at a picture and try to imagine what it's gonna, how it's gonna feel. Um, yeah. And the, and the balance. Right. I mean, how do you know right. what the balance is? And then how do you know what the performance of it is until right. you actually use it? You know, that's that's kind of my right. that's my take on it too. But I I mean, it's an attractive yep. looking knife. Yep. I don't know how much it um, costs. I, well, yeah, I don't know either. There's no price list. Now, this tomahawk. Have you played with any of these like um, tactical yeah. hawks before? Yeah, or, I'm not a. <laughs> I, you know, some people. Yeah, well, you and me both. But people, people show up with them at stuff, and you know, they, they have them. And some, some gosh, I can't remember where I was, but some guy had this tactical hawk that was like, they made like twenty of them for this one particular team in Fallujah that was using using them for entry or something and so they were super rare um but i you know it's just not it, it's just not not quite my thing i'm just not really a tomahawk I like, guy yet i i tell you not to say i, I won't I like, ever be but i like traditional tomahawks i love the looks of them i love the yeah i, 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 yeah, had, a, I had a buddy of mine that yeah. was uh um a big fan of um well, actually, Grantsforth made a tomahawk uh, years ago, and and he picked one of those up. And you know, I like the I like to throw them. I mean, I, I you know, it's one of those. Uh, <laughs> I have a I have I I have a big wood pile that I uh -huh. cut wood off of. And when I'm getting yeah. low, I have the you know semi comes over and delivers pole cord to my house, and uh, and then I right. take my chainsaw and I cut up pieces. <clears throat> well. That pile of wood is like an awesome target for for like throwing axes and throwing tomahawks. So I yeah. can actually throw a, like a double bitted tomahawk or a double bitted axe pretty well. And uh, uh -huh. I know that's probably you're not supposed to do that, but it's if it's if it's ever fun. you get a chance to actually throw a real throwing knife that's designed to be a throwing knife, you'll find it quite intoxicating. And tomahawks yeah. and and um, uh, double bitted axes are the same. When once you start doing that, you'll find yourself wanting to do it more. It's just uh -huh. one of those things. So, like I like the like I'll get a you know, like I got a handful of cold steel tomahawks that I throw, and I've got a you know a couple other ones that I that I throw and have a lot of fun with. Um, but I've never used one in the field you know um columbia river knife and tool now makes a pair of tomahawks that i'm sure are affordable and are throwable um mm -hmm. but this this friend of mine bought a grants and he actually used it camping quite a bit 
and 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 really cool. enjoyed it as a as a camp tool. Um, now I just as soon have a a hatchet, like you know something that's, yeah. that I can use for a couple different things. And but mm-hmm. um, but you know there's there's a place for it. I guess there's like I said there's an ass for every seat. You know the the tomahawks yeah. are hot now. Everybody everybody wants to make one. Um, those those tactical uh, looking ones. Yeah. They're, they're, that's, that's lighting the world on fire I right didn't, now. You know, I, like I said, I was with some, some, uh, SFA teams and a SEAL team and I, I didn't see a tomahawk. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I don't I mean, know. You know. Well, again, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, um, it's just fun, I think. I think yeah. that's what yep. people are going and, after. And I, it's fun and, to and I think, think of that, it and, I think that. They are they prop for what they're designed for. They probably do exactly what they're good for. Um, you know, firemen have hooligan tools or halligan tools, however you want to pronounce it, to pry open doors. Um, There's that big, huge yeah, stand. Well, it's, oh yeah. Have you seen this thing? It's like a ninety dollar. I'm gonna totally buy one yep, of those for yep. my car, and, and <laughs> so I can bash stuff. You know, I it. have uh, um, I have a pry bar in my in my car. And uh, I have a BK3. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I use for but, frying. But the point is that that um, you know if you want to spend the money on one and and, and um, I think that if any of them ended up overseas, more than likely they were given to somebody, and yeah. he saw the need to buy a dozen of them with his with his impact card. You know. Yeah. Um, widespread issuing on. Not so sure that that's going on, but no. Well, you know, it's it's um, I I do like the the uh, lines on that. I think it's an attractive shape, but that's really all I can say because I haven't handled one. Um, and in general, I wouldn't be the person to ask because I I haven't really gotten into those yet. So, um, I, I'm probably not the best. And I'm wondering about, about that. uh, like, like I'm not sure how much fun this would be to throw. I don't know if you could throw that. I mean, one of the one of the things yeah, the handle is right, probably one pretty of the heavy. things that makes makes tomahawk throwing kind of fun is the fact that they stick, and and um, yeah, you know that I they stick they stick There's they stick because they're head heavy, that. and yeah, and if you look the the head is like teeny tiny, and all that G10 is going to weigh or whatever it is, my carta right, is right, going to weigh right. a lot. And it's a solid, you know, it's a solid handle, so it probably is not going to throw real well. I mean, it probably would pry real well. I mean, a claw hammer pries real well too. Um, yeah, but I do like the I do yeah. like the looks of it. Yeah. The lines are neat. I I I can't say anything else about it. Now. Um, to our user mailbag, um, I did uh, issue the mea culpa on the on the machining time. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> you know, uh, well, if you if you bring it to our attention and we're wrong, um, I am more than happy to correct it. Um, okay, so the next question um, comes from Rick Traba uh, from R and S Mechanical, and. Uh, he says, I have a question related to your podcast. You mentioned the use of quick clot. I have heard differing opinions on it. Some say that the chemical used in it could create health risks, such as blood clotting and strokes, etc. Do you have any advice on it? 
Um, I, I'm going to go with somebody that's got that that could possibly have tactical experience with it in the field, and that's Jim. <laughs> um, what's what's your experience been with it? Well, I know that they don't issue powder anymore. They they have uh, cloth soaked because it'll embolize right. is the problem. That and that's what they're right. getting and, to. And, but, um, um, keep well, going. Well, now they have um, uh, cloth that's covered with that. It's yeah, it's a, it's a impregnated yeah. gauze, and yeah. and I think that it has saved a lot of lives. Um, the problem, yeah. I, the problem that they were running across was uh, guys would have a chest wound, and the inexperienced would take and pour quick clot into a chest cavity, and and then you got a mess. Yeah, they, they, I mean, d- just a, a complete mess, uh, as opposed yeah. to um, you know just. Then you're talking about a thoracotomy yes, to clean all yes, that shit it, out of there, or at least a, a thoracostomy with a video to to be yeah, able to wash yeah. it all and, out. Yeah, and and so it was a, it's it, a big it, mess. And you had a lot of there was a lot of that early on when it was being issued like that. But but now um, uh, it's only in the hands of certain people. Uh, I don't even think you can get the powder anymore. Like I mean, not I don't think it's readily available like it was. Uh, the quick clad, but yeah. um, I have some. I still, you know, and and um, if if I cut the tip of my finger off again, I would definitely use it. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a handy you handy know, use for but, that. Um, Instead of right, a hot exactly. butter knife. <laughs> but but I think that uh, I think that that's. I mean, you, I don't know why you deferred to me because that you would have more probably more. Well, I I'll give them I'll give the medical side of it. I just I just wanted um, the real. I think world, it's um, I think it has saved you know, a lot of lives. Tactical experience with it. I think that that right. along with uh, uh, some of the cat tourniquets that are available now, I think have yeah. been phenomenal well, for for what the guys are dealing with over there. Um, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to make this as succinct as possible, so, because I mean this this answer could go on for days. Okay, so I'm going to. I'm going to put it in very few words, um, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to let you know that I have experience. Um, the only time I've dealt with shoot 'em up trauma and knife 'em up trauma is actually in a trauma bay in a hospital. Okay, so I have access to stuff that you don't have access to in the field. So my thinking about these things comes from that perspective, not from the perspective of the guy who's actually in the field having to deal with things, okay? So I'll address tourniquets first and um, quick clot second, okay? Um, the, the the role that I see for a tourniquet is you're under at live fire or you're in a situation where you cannot stop to hold pressure and pay attention to stop bleeding, okay? Something is going on. And you have to have your hands free or there's multiple injured people and you're going to put a, a tourniquet on something that's bleeding um, to temporize it until you can pay more attention to it. Okay, I think that's the the reasonable use. Okay, if, if um, and you, you can extrapolate from that and, and but, th- but that's basically what I think. Um, if, if, if you're... If you're like in Jim's situation with the end of his finger um, where he cut it off, um, in that situation you can you can hold pressure and stop that. Uh, there's other other situations where you know pressure doesn't work as well. Like if you have a groin wound and it's it's very difficult to put pressure on the um, iliacs if they're injured, like the internal iliacs. If if you have an injury to that, 
um, you're probably going to die. Uh, so that's my my first choice is direct pressure unless you don't have time and you can't devote the resources to it. Um, and if you if you absolutely have to, you can use a tourniquet, but you have to have a plan to take that off. Um, if you if you put a tourniquet on uh, and you're going to leave it there for more than an hour or two, everything um, distal to that or everything that's away from the heart from where that tourniquet is, is dead. Okay, it just is because you can you can go you know four maybe five hours before you have irreversible like tissue damage and and death. Okay, sometimes you can salvage it, but not without a lot of now isn't isn't when you so that, that's when you're doing a when you're doing a tourniquet like that aren't you supposed to like release it every once in a while and well okay so so here's what here's what we do now that I I do um, a fair amount of hand surgery. I did my hand surgery training at Kleinert and Coots in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and you can Google that shit. That is the world's best place to do hand surgery and to learn about it. So and, do you um, do? Do you give a lot of hand jobs? <laughs> I fix injuries to hands. I'm sorry, um, I couldn't let that pass. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna beat that up. <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, what what I was trained for, what I was trained, how we did it was you never left a tourniquet up for more than two hours without letting it down, yeah. ever. You know, now that may have tra- that may have changed, um, but we would we would if we had a real long surgery, we'd have the tourniquet up for two hours. And the reason you want tourniquet up is you 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 drain you basically use a an elastic bandage to compress and push all of the blood out of the arm, and then you put a tourniquet up, and blood doesn't come back in, so you have a bloodless operating field. That's why you use it. Um, And you only leave that up for two hours maximum, and then you give it a half an hour break. So, like, it didn't matter what was going on. At two hours, we let the tourniquet down, we wrapped the arm up, and we walked away from the table for a half an hour. Um, Now, the, the training may have changed, but that was five years ago, and it's probably pretty current. Now, for quick clot, um, I kind of go to the same thing. You know, uh, it, it's tourniquets and quick clot save lives in the right circumstances. You know, exactly what Jim was saying, the combat stuff. It, you know, if you've got a medic that doesn't have like a huge amount of training or you just have a bunch of guys. The or, first aid. I know, mean, uh, the, yeah. the first aid class that you get uh, is, is in um, like before you go over. You go to um, certain first aid classes that are hideously boring. Somebody reading from, a po- I mean, it's just death by PowerPoint. And and they're covering yeah. things that most people are just going to fall asleep through. Um, yeah. When, when you go to, um, uh, when you out process to go over uh, at Fort Benning or, and and it's yeah. the like I said the first aid classes are just absolutely hideous and so most people are going to be asleep anyway so it ends up being if you were involved in an IED incident um, there's a good chance that you aren't with anybody that's that's really or that might have gotten blown up also I mean he, the, the only yeah. guy well, or one or two guys right. that might have been tr- really quite qualified to deal with your injury might have gotten blown up at the same time. So so yeah. what, what you're learning about is 
basically how to put a tourniquet on yourself, you know, yep. and um, because you might have an arm missing, <clears throat> and you might be yeah. you might be uh, uh, awake enough, long yeah. enough to be able to get a uh, a tourniquet out of your kit and apply it yourself because they're those cats are one handed tourniquets are designed to be yeah. put on by yourself uh, for for um, self rescue and right <clears throat> the same with the quick clot and but I'm sure if you had a sucking chest wound you're not likely to be putting quick clot on yourself and that was where they were running into trouble um, you know it's 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 one of those things that if your arm was yeah. blown off and and uh, the whole point was to basically self-rescue that's what the quick clot was supposed to be for and uh and the the, yeah. the cat tourniquets are for was is for self-rescue i mean i actually yeah. have i actually well, have and clothes I think... that have those cats built into it one at the one below the knee wow. one above the knee uh one below the elbow one above the elbow um yeah wow uncomfortable they're uncomfortable well shit, so but... <laughs> Right, and and so what I would again, I I kind of take the same line with quick quick clot that I do with the other. You can stop any bleeding if you have time to hold direct pressure, or if you have the experience to do it. But if you don't, and the only thing that's going to save you is stopping that bleeding, and you don't have any other way, then I think you pack the quick clot gauze into the wound right. and pray. I know people um, have been saved many. It's that yep. groin wound, you know. I've heard stories from soldiers that, you know, this guy got shot, you know, with a high-powered rifle right through the groin, which is a freaking lethal injury, dude. You're yep. freaking dead. You know, and they um, they uh, quick put a bunch of quick clot in there, yep. and they lived, you know, and that, you hear, or, you know, they take a, a mine or something, and, you know, so and I think especially in, that, in those that circumstances, wound, especially it's, that it's reasonable. Wound, you, can't, you can't put a tourniquet on it. No, and that's the point. That's yeah. why I'm mentioning groin specifically. Now, what he's talking about is with stroke and stuff is um, uh, I think what they were talking about was there were some reports with the quick clot powder. If you if you there's big huge veins there too. So you've got your femoral vein, your iliac veins, and things that are literally as big around as your thumb. And if you've got one of those open and it's it's sucking blood up and you put a bunch of quick clot powder in there, that powder forms a clot and then the clot goes up to your lungs and you can get a um, you can get a pulmonary embolism from that. Uh, you wouldn't have a stroke from that unless um, unless it was on like your carotid artery or unless there was a defect in your heart um, called a patent foramen ovale. Sorry, I had to put that out there uh nerd talk but um that's that's the times when you'll actually see a stroke from that um but i i think that you know maybe they shouldn't be selling um quick clot at walmart because i don't i don't think that's something that should be used right. every time i think i i do i do think so the gauze is is uh is is very useful and i think the move to the gauze well, was a was a was a good move yeah well i'm not I, I can tell you I would not go into a combat zone unless I had a tourniquet right. and some quick clot gauze right. on me. You know, and that's me being a surgeon and knowing how to deal with pretty much injury any injury that's gonna happen yep. to a human. You know, but trying to do it yourself on yourself and fire back at your enemy and stuff, like yeah, y you know, 
It, it, they can be a lifesaver in the right circumstances, or they can do great harm in yeah. the wrong circumstances. Yeah. Now, you posted one other thing on your uh, Facebook that I wanted to draw attention to, and that's uh, Derek <laughs> Bond's video, uh, Why Find Knives? Question mark. So you need to find him on YouTube. You can either find him through my page, or you can go to Derek Bond, D-E-R-R-I-C-K space B-O-H-N. And he's got a video on there that all wives should watch. <laughs> it's, it's, he's talking about how, like, it's way better to have, like, a fine knife. <laughs> okay, so it's so the Spyderco trademark is, it's not a trademark, it's a patent. And it's it's a hump. So you're, this yeah, is for Mike? A hump, or, a hole, and a, yeah. and a lock. A hump, a hole, and a lock. Okay. So if you have all three, you have violated the Spyderco patent. Okay. okay. Not just the hole, not just yep. the hump, not just the, not just the lock. But if you have all three of them. Yeah. And what's interesting is I always thought it might have been serrations, but it, but it's not because the Spyderco has a special serration yeah. that they use that you that you don't see on anybody yeah. else's knives. Yeah, it's two different sizes <laughs> yeah. that they're making that with, but. Yeah, um, Derek, but de back so to Derek's uh, video is it's it's kind of funny yeah. because. Uh, it it does say a lot about about quality, and that's what he's what what he's mm -hmm. uh, talking about in there is why uh, why you might want a better knife, uh, and you know he's being no different than the guy saying why would you not want a better pen, uh, you know. Yeah, or or anything, and and um, I he there's one thing he didn't mention, and I put that in his comments, and uh, he mentioned all these uh, great reasons. Um, but the the other great reason that I would mention is uh, if you do a lot of work with tools, especially fine work with fine tools, you can really, really, really tell the difference when you're dealing yeah. with garbage. You know, and it uh, like in surgery, you know, I can uh, I can tell the difference when when they've gotten a bad batch of scalpel blades instantly. Like right away, I can tell because there's something not right. It's not cutting right, and I just say, just replace, just give me a different blade because they're disposable blades and things. And then, you know, like surgical instruments, there's a lot of them that are from Pakistan, and those things are just, they just don't feel the same. They don't work the same. You know, they don't line up right. That you know, it's, they're just not as fun to use. I mean, I can still do the job with them, but um, uh, I do, I think I do a I have an easier time doing a very good job if I've got good tools, and I, I would say the same thing about okay. a knife. We got to take a uh, a slight coffee break. Right, so we're back. Um, we, I have one more knife-related topic I wanted to bring up, and this this gets back to something we were talking about um, earlier. Um, somehow we were talking about tolerances of, of work and and these sorts of things, and I, I can't remember exactly what we were saying, but um, I was perusing through blade forums the other day, and I always look at the the Becker Knife and Tool forum over there. And there's a thread in there that's 
that's um, called K-Bar Quality Control Update. And basically what happened is this guy is like a, a Becker nut, and he has uh, 10 different BK-16s, right? 10. <laughs> and... Uh, Stop laughing, dude. I've got so many freaking knives, it's not even funny. Dude, I, but he, I have a lot he, of knives, um, too, but I don't have ten of any one. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, but so anyway, this guy, he's got ten of these freaking BK-16s, and uh, he noticed that each one was slightly different. So he took the handle scales off and did all this stuff, and he, he traced each one of them and put up pictures of how the tracing was different. You know, like the and and on some of them there was like there was like maybe a little bit of a flat spot on the tip or something, you know. Um, but but he went to the trouble of tracing them and showing them that they were like minutely different, you know. And basically put this thread up there, and um, I'm not sure what the point was, but um, that scares the hell out of me. Are they that are they that much different? As somebody who who may it. As somebody who may at some point, like, make a knife and try to sell it, like, if people are are taking apart your stuff and comparing it and saying, like, your quality control is bad because there's, like, a thing that... The only way you can detect the difference is by, by, like, owning ten of them and tracing them on paper. Like, how the hell can I possibly... I can't do that. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to take the time... When I'm grinding you, a knife to compare to trace it out and compare it to my other traces. Do you think that K Bar takes that serious? I, I don't. They they reimbursed him for something. They gave him a pot belly, which I need to talk about that <laughs> knife too. But they but they, they gave him a knife. To shut up. And Ethan takes it seriously. No, they didn't tell him to shut up. They were very I, I th- they did way more than yeah. I would have done. You know, they, they went they in my opinion, they went like yeah. overboard. Well um it, to try yeah. to placate the guy. And then there were all these jack wagons on there who were saying, I'm never buying another K bar. It's like, dude, like wh- how do you think if you can't tell the difference with the naked eye, how do you think the guy standing there in front of the grinder is right. going to know the difference? If you have to go to, to that much trouble and take out like a micrometer to measure differences. Yeah. yeah. Come now. Well, like, I don't know how that, I, that's an impossible standard. I I would never make anything if I was going to be held to that kind of a standard, you know. <laughs> Welcome I, to my world. I've been dealing with that for fifteen years. Well, I can see why people why people get get crazy when they you know, and then they 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 post up a thread on the interwebs, and now people are going to see that, and, and he, people who are uncritical about like the. You know, about, and don't have any idea what what goes into manufacturing a knife. Are going to say, "Oh, they're different. That must yeah. mean they're bad." I, it's like, d- does it fit into the sheath and does it perform the same? Yeah. Then it's okay. Well, you know, and I've but, seen once again. Want to compare knives to a four hundred dollar folder, four hundred and fifty dollar folder, whatever the price is now? It's got to be as good as a Sabenza or. You shouldn't be able to charge that kind of money for it, unless it's got like unicorn horn in it or something. I mean, unless there's something really, really fancy about it, like they're using some crazy um, Damascus or you know, you know, unless there's unless it's really yeah. fancied up. But if you're selling like a plain titanium frame lock folder, 
um, it better and you're trying to sell it for Sabenza money, it's got to be as good right. as a Sabenza. Right. Sorry. And that's 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 kind of the stance um, that I've that I've taken in the past. Um, but but this is the K, BK16 is like right. under a hundred bucks. Right. You know, and it's it's uh it's a mass produced. I, I'm knife surprised. I'm surprised that, has, that people didn't run him off the forums. Well, you know, he was fairly reasonable. That guy was, but then all of the, all of the like people, some some people were reasonable, but then there were some real jackballs in there. Like I'm I never think, coming back. It's like, I think don't be an I, ass. I think, like, I think dude, you can take that and put it and say uh, some are more collectible than others. If you have one that's like this size handle scale, it's more collectible than one with that size handle scale. <laughs> yeah, you got one that's one. Well, it's one, a, it's an individual one, one millionth of a, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was he was. I mean, literally, you can look at the tracings and it's slight, you know. And you got to remember that last step is hand, you know. And the guy the guy grinding it, he he has to be able to look at it and see that, that there's a difference. If you if you can't hold them up next to each other and tell there's a difference. Neither can the guy grinding them, but and that's what drove. That, now I'm like all scared to like yeah. even because I know that the people are gonna find little tiny things that are wrong and like just pick it apart. Well, you know like, they're gonna do that anyways. And then write this big, yeah. But then write this big thread on the interwebs like, you know, oh your knife sucks because there's a a three thirty seconds inch difference between this and this. It's like. Well, thank you for buying ten of them. You must have liked it. <laughs> you know, fuckhead. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to. When I hear stuff like that, I don't even know how to respond to that. I, it gets, I I'd be interested to see what, what Mike would say because I, I know what Mike's policy is for that. Mike says, um, <laughs> "Okay, we'll send the knife back, and I'll send you a check for twenty dollars more than the don't, MSRP." And just don't to ever go buy away. another knife from me again. <laughs> yeah, you need to go buy. You know, you need to go to the Quickie Mart and get the Chinese piece of crap from there. Like, <laughs> no, no, go buy a Benchmade. <laughs> yeah, bench by zero good, tolerance. Though. I know, but I don't know. Yeah. Go by a zero tolerance, and then you'd have to deal with the the, the right-handed Japanese people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, because there's there's no left-handed Japanese yeah. people. So, um, I'm gonna cut this out if you don't want to talk about it. But you mentioned something. You were walking by the Kershaw booth that shot. And oh no no we were out. talking about I was with the marketing lady I was talking with her about it and and uh, and yeah. and we were kind of chuckling about it and she said you know what's kind of funny is the guy in the corner office is Japanese from Japan and he's left-handed <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny I, I I mean it's you know to me it's not it's you know it was it was booze talking so. It, yeah. yeah, it's funny though. That's okay, so funny. so we, anyway, we, so Facebook is blowing up with 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 bef- before we start, um, ah! people. Uh, it's very likely going to turn away from the subjects that you're very comfortable <laughs> hearing. Uh, if you're here for knives and you don't want to hear anything even remotely controversial, you might want to just turn your radio no, off now. It won't be that bad. It, so, somebody actually right. wrote something that that I had to I had to laugh though, 
Um, it's going to bring up this whole thing, though, because I, I, there's so many places you could go with this. So do you want me to well, talk about it? I, I want to read you this, I want to read you this first. And, and this was, this was okay. uh, a friend of mine on Facebook wrote this on his wall, and, he, and uh, his name is Lee McNeil. And he said, Government, governmental okay. snow and ice storm preparation in the south. He said, we have a different philosophy. Leave work early, stop at the bar for a couple of beers, six, to celebrate leaving work early. <laughs> then realize the wife will be wondering where we are, and get in our 4x4 trucks and drive as fast as we can to the Piggly Wiggly where we can fight over a gallon of milk and loaves of bread and six packs of beer. Very important. Then then we again man our trucks and assault the roads in a vain attempt to get home at the time when we can just blame the road conditions for our late arrival. Meanwhile, our public <laughs> works people are doing the same thing instead of salting the roads they can't be expected to be out in these conditions right are you crazy <laughs> all predicting pre predicated on understanding that four by four trucks are unstoppable and can drive at high rates of speed through snow and ice conditions that our normal vehicles can't navigate those damn oriental imports just gotta stay out of the way any questions <laughs> so so uh you want to give the background okay. of what's happening right we, now we in had, Atlanta? We cause... had uh, a big storm in Atlanta. We, we the United States, because apparently this is all of our fucking problems. Yeah, this is my <laughs> fault, too. This is all of our problems because some of our snow drifted south, and it landed on Atlanta, one inch to be exact, and it shut the fucking city down for two days. Actually, this is the third day of it, right? <laughs> Yeah, there's people are school kids had to stay at school, like uh, people slept in grocery stores, like it it's like a major major it's like Katrina. Yep. And my them, my only with um, snow. My son lives outside of Atlanta and 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 um, yeah was in school. He's going to school right now, and they they sent him home at eleven o'clock. Sent they closed the school at eleven o'clock. And so he had to go pick up my grandkids and then go pick up his wife because he had, they had shared a ride to school that day, which they're in the uh -huh. opposite direction of where he was going. So he stopped by the house, got five gallons of gas, got all kinds of shit in his car, like blankets and warm clothes for the kids and food and extra water and some antifreeze and some oil and, and uh, loaded up the car and took off for the day of destiny, the day of infamy. <laughs> <laughs> and the last I had heard from him was, hey, i got to pay attention to what's going on here. I'm seeing a bunch of brake lights in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last I had heard from him until yesterday, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Apparently, he did not right. get home until 4 o'clock that morning. Oh my and he said God. he spent the whole time getting cars out of his way so he could drive through. He said he he's run into a big line of traffic and there'd be like car he'd have to stop the car, get up and walk to the front of the front of the pile up and 
like drive cars to the side of the road because nobody knew how to drive. And then clear the road <laughs> and then move on. Yeah. And he said it took him until like 4 in the morning to get through. So yesterday, all you were hearing on the news was how it was the governor's fault, it was the mayor's fault, it was the weatherman's fault, it was the Yankees' fault, it was it was the fucking Seahawks' fault, it was everybody else's goddamn fault that they were all stuck on the highway for two days instead of thinking that it might have been their fault for not leaving work early or not going home or just saying, you know what, it's going to storm, it's going to be an ice storm today, I'm not coming in. I'm not prepared for this, I'm not... I don't. I, I didn't fill up my gas, my car. You know, Jimmy said he ran across cars that that had a woman, a two-year-old kid, and a freaking car that was out of gas and no battery left. And when he knocked on the window, she Gosh. opened up the door and was talking on her cell phone. Okay, people, huh. really? You know. Uh, this is a major emergency. It's not like the power was out. It's not like the frickin' water was out. It's not like people's houses got blown down. It's not like a forest fire was heading their direction. This is a frickin' snowstorm, a minor snowstorm that we would call a minor storm. I mean, shit, we had six inches of snow well, under, the under, same night. Yeah, under under three inches of snow there. They they got under three inches of snow. I think the the only the only thing you could say is that they it it had some freezing rain first and there was a layer of mm -hmm. ice underneath mm -hmm. the snow. So, but but still, right now, um, this morning we got three inches of snow and a little freezing rain before that. Didn't slow us down at all, you know. And the plow has not come by yet, so you can't say, oh, you know, you guys have all these plows and stuff up there, you know, boy. No, 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 no. Well, sorry. I, you know, I, I, I'll give them, I'll give them the, the fact that the roads are slippery. Okay, I, I understand mm -hmm. that. I understand that they're not used to driving in that stuff. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out how you cannot function in your vehicle for a day or two, if you had to. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, meaning, why, meaning, I, I live out of your car if you have to. The zombie apocalypse centers around freaking Atlanta. The Walking yeah. Dead is Atlanta. It, that shit would never happen up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can live for three days out of my pocket. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. this this is not this is minor. This is such a minor thing, you know, and, and of course I had made that post on Facebook and it blew up and everybody was all oh, pissy about man. it. You Yankees this. Everybody is Yeah, Civil Wars. It's I mean, just they're, they're blaming the Yankees and I'm like, oh, come on, people, really? Well, and the the funny thing is, is the, the mayor um, of, of Atlanta, you know, like I don't see how it's his problem. Just learn to drive, you dumbass. It, 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 I don't see how everything is the mayor's problem, but the mayor took a, a, a page out of Obama's book and said, well, I didn't know anything about it. And the weatherman told me that there wasn't going to be any kind of problem down here. Blah, blah, you know, like, so he deflected blame immediately. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if, they, if they're blaming you, just say, look, you know, I, I bear some responsibility, but, you know, 
you guys are pretty stupid and you need to learn to freaking drive, you know, don't, don't be driving a hundred miles an hour on snow and ice. And I know you guys were all doing that cause I see <laughs> you doing it, you know, so share some responsibility here. Yeah. We could have been a little better prepared, you know, but you know, a snowstorm for us is like a hurricane in Iowa. Okay. Uh, if a hurricane hit Iowa, we would look like a bunch of goofballs, you know, because we just, we never had to deal with it. And, how many times that, that you can remember has it ever snowed in Atlanta and had a ma- well, major usually snowstorm? Usually they have in one a year. I mean, the reality of it is they have when, they have yeah, Jimmy. They had six inches of snow in Fayetteville. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it okay, does so happen. I mean, it, it happens, but, but it, it's a but rare everybody event. Everybody can remember you know? it. Yeah, but they all forget, <laughs> and then so I, when I lived in Louisville, right? Uh, this is my frame of reference. This is as far south and east as I've lived for any kind of a period of time. Uh, I'd be sitting out like uh, sitting outside somewhere and I'd hear a car go by and I'd hear click 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 like that, right? And it was like fairly often that you'd hear that and I'd be like, why do the cars click down here? You know, and then finally one of these cars went by and I looked and it's because the tires were so bald that metal was sticking out of the bottom of the tire. Right? They just for some reason in the culture, they just don't ever buy new tires, ever, until the tire, like, literally explodes. <laughs> yeah, but see, yeah, like it has if to they would have had metal showing on their and tires, it would have been like tire chains, and they could have they could have driven around yeah, on the ice. Yeah, it might have helped them. <laughs> but, but, like, it was, like, the only time you would ever see, like, tires with any amount of tread on it at all was, like, if they just got the car new from a car dealership. Like, they'll drive on bald tires forever yeah. down there. And, uh, like, so even when it rains, like, they'll they'll be driving, like, 100 miles an hour, like, yee-haw, and all this stuff. And, like, they go to slam on the brakes, and they, they just got no grip. So when it when, even when it rains, it's like there's ice, and there's, like, all these horrible accidents and stuff. But <laughs> So that's part of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I, – I, I just can't – I just cannot get my head around uh, – People that are so unprepared that something like this, as minor as well, it is, I mean, I'm trying to think of what would incapacitate. What would what would incapacitate us up here? I, I don't even. Okay, I, I I did some thinking about this, um, and it's not really fair for you and me, because we grew up, you know, being prepared for this kind of crap, you know. Like knowing that it's going to have, there's going to be storms in the winter and, you know, you're going to have some driving difficulties. So, you know, before first snow, just, you know, check the tires, make sure there's, there's some tread on there, you know, maybe put some, put a sleeping bag, a good, you know, in the trunk of my car right now is that military sleep system. There's a lantern in there, you know, there's some dried food and, you know, stove and these sorts of things, you know, just in case. And like, I never barely ever have to use it because when it gets real bad, I just stay home, you know, but like we grew up with this, you know, so this is, it's not like we're doing anything different. We're not prepping. That's just part of life. You know, this is the point I've been making all along is like, these are just skills that we grew up doing and it's just a part of our normal living. And so when we see people that don't do that, it's like, you you know, I don't, I don't plug my book Um, very often, but this is exactly what, my book deals with 
This is <laughs> this is exactly what the whole story is. Say say the title so that people it's, can it's, look um, it up. A prepper's guide, which, mind you, I did not title this book, so don't don't I don't want to hear about the title. But the it's right. a prepper's <laughs> guide to surviving natural disasters. And and I don't right. talk about it a lot, but um, but it, it it's a it's a um, it's basically my mindset. It's 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 how yeah. I live my life and how and the things that I that I'm ready for and the things that I get prepared for. And it's not meant to um, be like an end all survival's guide because you know some people do not believe that the world is coming to an end in relatively short order and they don't feel the need to prepare for that. But this book is for the people that are stuck on the freaking highway in Atlanta. That's that's what really was yeah. geared for. And had they picked that book up, they would have figured out that, you know what, this kind of crap does happen. It does happen to people all the time. You always hear about snowstorms. You always hear about tornadoes. You always hear about these things. These things actually happen. And, you know, the last time the United States actually collapsed was, I, I don't know, I don't think it's ever... Portions of it during the Dust Bowl yeah, and the but Depression, that was, but, certainly. You know, yeah, and people packed up and moved somewhere else. Yeah, Grapes yeah. of Wrath times um, and such. But, yeah. but that's not, you know, I'm and I'm not going to say that that's not going to happen next week. I, I don't want to be, I, but I don't want to also live my life like that either. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but to be honest with you, if I had to not leave my house for one month, I would, you know, I would not starve. I would not die. I would not, yeah. uh, you know, I would complain. But I, you know, it it would be no difference. I, like I said, I my my Jeep has got stuff in it, provisions in it for I easily could live for a week out of my Jeep easily. Yeah, you know. It, it, but then you know the thing. One of the points I'm trying to make is like. You probably had to sit down and think a long time when you were writing that about the things that you do and why those are different because that's just right. your life. Well, and that's and that's, that's the, not and that's, that's the point not that like, I make in the book is is the fact that what what it is is living your life a certain way so that if things turn to shit you're you you you're like you got some stuff covered. It's and it's not difficult. I mean, it's like. You know, it's like my stupid lanterns. You know, my power goes out in my house. Um, I mean, besides the fact that I do have some small generators, so I could, you know, use that. But if my power goes out for mm -hmm. a day, I don't fire up my generator. You know, I've got, I've got um, uh, those those little lanterns that are um, Aladdin lamps, those kerosene lanterns that put out yeah. 2,200 BTUs a piece. Okay, plus the sixty watt light bulbs, and so I have I have a, a, a quite a big selection of those, and they're in all. I'm, I could light up my whole house with those lamps, and uh, yeah, and they're not horribly expensive, and and I like them. They're decorative, you know. They 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 look decent, and uh, and I don't have any problem with running them. And the whole the whole point is that it's the way I live. I mean, I have these lights. I have them out. You know, if the power goes out, I light them up. I don't run around like my hair is out of, you know, on fire. 
Yeah. You just prepare for stuff like this. You're and and I and I think that once again, a lot of people that were stuck on the highway um just were not prepared for that. They they did not have the yeah. ability to stay in their car, weather shelter in their car or or pull off the side of the road and and uh um uh, and survive that way. Uh you know and but the the worst part about this is the fact that some of the interviews that I had seen, people were were like, somebody needs to pay for this. Where's yeah, the government at? Somebody needs to pay for this. Who somebody made a decision that you know was bad, that allowed us to continue our yeah, day it, like it was. It, it wasn't. And, and I'm thinking, <laughs> go, you guys just go through life and never watch the news, never watch the what's going on in the world. Yeah, and it wasn't. It had nothing to do with my decision to go out on the roads when like the roads were clearly bad and there were going to be all kinds of other jackballs right. out there. You know? Knowing full well that this happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm blameless I, in this. I find it hard to believe that that a weather reporter did not say, we're going to have a level of freezing ice, freezing rain, and the weather, the, the temperature is dipping down to 17 degrees. And there's going to be yep. precipitation. Last time well, I looked, they, they, that, they knew that that storm was coming yeah, two days in last advance. Last time I checked, when you put ice in your glass, it's below 32 degrees. Otherwise, it's water. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they got to understand that you know when you put when you put um, water in an ice tray and you put it in the freezer, it goes below 32 degrees and it becomes solid. Right. I mean, they right. obviously they they use ice down there. They must have known that if you drop an ice cube on the floor, it fucking slides across the floor like it's like it's ice. <laughs> listen, you know, listen. Well, and then and then the other thing is is the, the other reason why I is you know I've before I live where I do now. Now I live in a town of less than three thousand people. Before I lived where I do now, I lived in towns of millions and millions and millions of people. And the scale is is makes a big difference. You know, like in my town, if if there might be one say there's in 10 people in my town that are complete idiots that are just going to drive like maniacs. Um the worst they're going to do is like uh slide off, slide up into a yard, knock over a mailbox, maybe damage a tree or something they're not going to snarl up um traffic for hundreds of thousands right. of other people you know and, and they're there you know if there's 10 jackballs out of 3,000 in my town um take that number times um a million you know and and that's how many jackballs there are on the roads in atlanta right <laughs> you know so like so like even if you're prepared You've got all these other morons out there just driving crazy. Right, but can't you say, okay, I just watched the weather report, and we're not doing anything today. Today is the day that we're just yeah. not doing anything, because I do not want to get stuck on the highway like that. Well, and then, and then the other thing they say um, is, well, you know, uh, I got this job, uh and my boss says that if I don't show up to work, you know, uh, I'm going to lose my job and have a right to work state. And Okay, so I get it, you know. Like some sometimes the employers are unreasonable. 
But then that doesn't explain why the mom is in the car with a two-year-old exactly. and a three-year-old with no gas in the exactly. car and battery. Dead battery. Mm-hmm. And you know she was just going over to McDonald's to buy him a Happy Meal, so she didn't have to cook. <laughs> oh, snap. Did I say that? You know, that's the, anyway. that is that is kind of a funny thing. And, and you know, and... I know we take it for granted the fact that we that we have we get so much snow. I mean, I only have probably four foot of snow. Yeah. What the hell was that? Nothing. <laughs> Just what? took out of your mouth. No. <laughs> no, we uh, have like four foot of snow. You know, and yeah. and uh, I, I don't know. It's supposed to snow six inches and blow like crazy tonight. The night that it snowed yeah. down there, three inches, we had a foot. You didn't even hear about our foot of snow. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we get, we've got, when I say we have four foot of snow, that's four foot of snow that's packed down to four foot. <laughs> yeah, it was like more I, like six I, feet I, I want to say that we're, ha- we're like, uh, we're like 170 inches of snow, or 120 inches of snow so far this year. Hundred, I think. I'd have to look that up, but it seems yeah. like, uh, uh, it's it's something like that. It's a tremendous amount of snow. Yeah. And and uh you know, we de- we deal with it. Well, yeah, again, there's there's a there's a little bit of difference um because of the population density. Um but then I how I can't really explain how Chicago functions. You know, because you get you get some pretty horrendous oh, yeah. storms in Chicago like on this one New Year's Eve, we got um, three and a half feet in yeah, twelve yeah, yeah. hours. Yeah, no, no, we in a in a city of like millions and millions of people, and it it shut the city down. But people were smart enough not to go out. Oh, I'm going to go on the expressways. Yeah, no, we have, drive eighty miles have, an hour. We have, uh, you know, um, you know, we have big cities. I mean, Chicago is is yeah. as big as Atlanta, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's but. And then the other thing I would say is that Chicago, at least in the neighborhood, like I lived in like Chicago, not in a right. suburb. And so my my neighborhood was actually, you were better off walking somewhere than you would be trying to get your car right. and move right. your car. Like it was way faster. So, you know, and my neighborhood functioned because we were very pedestrian. But, you know, in these big cities, like like Atlanta is not that kind of a city it's like you got to get in your car to drive somewhere because otherwise it'd take you like two hours to walk to the grocery right. store you know so like it, it's just a different it's 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 like apples and oranges a little bit so i got to give them a little bit of a pass on that but um let's see then one of my friends who used to live up up by where i live but moved down to atlanta just posted a uh a chart that says it's a it's a it's a pie graph you know it says, okay, Northerners, you can stop criticizing how we handle snow and ice. It's rare down here. Kind of like winning a BCS title is up there. <laughs> and it's a it's a uh, pie graph with, um, you know, the different conferences, Big 12, ACC, Big East, Big 10, Pac-12, and SEC. And SEC is like 56% of the graph. So what does that mean? They have more so college they're, they're kids fi- that, have they're st- just, that are on steroids? Well, they're firing back is the thing. I, again, it's an apples and oranges argument, but it's literally if you look at Jim's page, it's like, like they're fighting yeah. on there. Like it's it's, it's comedy. I, I don't <laughs> like I said. I I don't I don't say that that I I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. 
It's not about the, their driving abilities in the snow. I'm not picking on their driving abilities in the snow. What I'm saying is, uh-huh. how could you let the government? How could you blame somebody for this? How, where, where do you uh-huh. where do you say that it's somebody else's fault that you're stuck on the highway? You're stuck on the highway because your ass you made a decision to put your ass out on the highway. And yeah. and that's all there is to it. I mean, you're just saying take responsibility for yourself. You know, if you didn't, if it, yeah. if it wasn't that important, you probably shouldn't have gone. <clears throat> right. And I I can't argue with you. You know, I mean, it's it's really not about <laughs> uh, about their driving abilities because I'm sure that we have faults too. I just don't know what they are yet. And 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 yeah. to, to say to say <laughs> I really give a shit about any kind of BCS title. I, I don't know what that is. I'm assuming that there's Isn't some there's, kind of fucking pointed some, ball on, that's got points on both yeah, ends. And there's there's isn't there some sports ball thing this weekend or something? I think it's it's, a, it's some, a there's some sports ball thing, footbat or something like that or or uh, yeah some something or, um, football. Yeah. I guess they're playing with a football bat or something like that or a some sort of a bat where you hit like is it cricket? Is it Could the be. cricket champions or something? Could be. Anyway, and, and some sort of a random sports ball event this weekend yeah. that <laughs> I don't no, have any don't interest either. in. No, I don't either. And, and you know, maybe maybe what they should be doing is if they were paying attention to uh, the weather and not a football game, they probably would have not gotten caught on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's here's the other here's the other crazy thing. About Louisville, the the first time we were down there, I went down to, I had 24 hours to find an apartment. So my wife and I drive down there. We find an apartment right away, and then we're like, well, cool, we have like six hours. Let's go see one of these uh, uh, whiskey places, you know, distilleries. And so we get on the the big highway there. I think it's 65 or something like that, and we start driving, and all of a sudden, like the traffic in our lane is stopped. And it, it stopped at a standstill. Bright, sunny day, no problems. Standstill parking lot for four hours. <laughs> Finally, you know, and I was like, I couldn't find a way to go um, to get get around anything, you know. And I'm like, Jesus, what is this? Is there some nuclear spill up there? And so finally I'm like, well, this is stupid. Let's just forget this and we'll go somewhere else. So, but the the problem was that the median went down this big hill and then through woods and all this. So I scouted out this route, the perfect place to drive, and then uh, scouted out a, just a narrow spot through these trees. So I I drove down in this this car through <laughs> the median and by median I say it's like it's got to be like four or five hundred feet wide at this point with trees in the middle and i scouted this route through there and then got on the other highway and got the hell out of there and then like all these other people did it but um but when they have any kind of an accident there the highway patrol comes along and just shuts down completely the traffic and it'll be hours and it can be something stupid like a fender bender yeah, and and they'll shut it down like for six, seven, eight hours for no good reason, you know. Uh, anyway, that, traffic is different oh, yeah. down there. Yep. <laughs> they have different ideas about stuff, but yeah, and and uh, like I said, we've we've had a year that we've had a, an exceptional amount of of snowfall, and uh, they've closed the bridge, 
you know, on several occasions uh-huh. because of uh, high high uh, wind and and uh, no visibility. Yeah, the, this is this huge bridge that connects the UP to um, yep, our gym the north lives. and south, the the upper peninsula and the lower peninsula. It's a five mile long yep. bridge. It's huge. Yeah. It's impressive. It actually was, uh, you know, that a lot of people don't realize that that bridge actually came in under budget and ahead of schedule. If you can imagine wow. that, and when. You guys are pretty far from yeah. Detroit, though. Yeah, actually, that was uh, that bridge was made in uh, <laughs> I think I want to say Gary, Indiana. I think it, a lot of it came up on barge, on barges. Um, okay. But when they yeah. they they opened it, I think 1958, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And uh, at that time, it was the longest. They bridged the longest gap, uh, in the world. Now there's since there's been bridges cool. that have built that are longer, but <clears throat> but it's mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's still pretty impressive, and what and, and the guys yeah, that, like, the guys that designed cool. it and did started the whole when they set up a, a when they set it up they set it up as its own entity so that the government the state cannot get a hold of the funds <laughs> mm-hmm. so they don't they don't maintain yeah, it yeah and then and then use it to pay use it to pay off yep, the Detroit yep. no debt. it's it's total <laughs> it's totally autonomous. So the so the bridge yeah. authority ha- manages its own itself. You know, it has it has the money the yeah. money for tolls to uh, paint the bridge and do all this other stuff. It's pretty it's pretty wild. So that's why the bridge is in great condition. And the yeah, and the money doesn't nope. go to somebody else. You know, because that's the thing is like the toll roads in Chicago. They were supposed to be open for like you know a couple years. They they're like, well, you know, ten years we'll shut these down and we'll have paid for everything and the maintenance forever. 30 years later, the tolls are five times what they were before, yep. Yep. you know? Like, once you give them the authority to tax uh, or set these things up, it it always changes. They always pull a bait and switch. So that that's pretty cool that they that they separated that out like that. They must have learned from previous experience. Yep. Okay, so I stand, I stand um, corrected. Our snowfall right now is... Uh, 70 inches. That's a lot. Yeah, 70 inches. That's over five feet of snow, mm-hmm. right? And that's for... Yeah, it's like five foot and that's inches. And uh, that's for Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie, okay. and that's for Traverse City, too. Marquette's got 80 inches. but Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I got 91 inches. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> 91 Jeez. inches of snowfalls as of the 15th of... Uh, as of the 15th January. of January, we've had 91 mm-hmm. inches of snow, which is 27 inches above normal. <laughs> That's a lot. And this is not even, the winter's not even close to being over. I want you to send some of that down here. We we don't have a whole lot of snow. We have some, but I like at least one storm that's like a couple feet a year. <laughs> That's it's fun. fun. So I had this uh, pretty long telephone conversation with Chance Sanders. Actually, I had had a whole bunch of people call me after that last podcast. That's when I know we're doing well. <laughs> they call up and they, they have like all this stuff they want to say, you know. Um, but he brought up a, a topic. I, I don't know if I really don't have time to address it today because i got to go set up for this gig. But um, 
Uh, he brought up the the Tom Brown tracker knife or the wilderness survival mm-hmm. knife thing, and that's I I want to I want to explore that topic a little bit sometime, but we don't have time to do it today. It's, now, do you um, have one of those? I don't. I don't either. Um, and well, and and it's so just briefly. Um, I haven't bought one because I've I've read about them and I've seen them and I've handled them and the the first thing anyone will tell you when you pick one up is that oh you you have to know how to use that <laughs> you know and there's all these features that you need to know how to use and stuff and it's kind of it's a little bit uh it's like a religious experience sort of like global warming <laughs> right yeah, well, I have something to say about that in a second here. But um, anyway, the uh, with the Tom Brown tracker, the reason I haven't really gotten all into it is like, uh, you know, there's all these like tips and tricks and stuff. <laughs> um, and then we we got to talking about you know like some some people just hate on them having never tried them, you know, and other people are just like fanatical about them. You know, and it's interesting that there's that much of a divide about a, a tool. But um, I think that's something we should approach. I, I would love to. I would love to spend a weekend with one, and and actually just see what it can do. Um, I, I you know yeah. I, I've I've thought about this a lot at a lot of different levels, and. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw one, I and I said to myself, you know, that's absolutely the most retarded-looking thing I've ever seen in my life. It has, it has. I don't see any any reason to have something that looked like that at all. Uh-huh. I've tempered my response a little bit as I got. I've gotten a little bit older, um, but I, I still can't bring myself to buy one. And that's the that's the thing, and yeah. and, and I hear there uh, that's a real divisive group too. I mean, it's either this or that. You you either love that knife or you absolutely have no use for it whatsoever. Yeah, and and people, and that's what I kind of wanted and you to know, eventually. You never cross get into over. Is the why? Yeah, there's they, that they, divide. they never really. Yeah, cross there's no over such thing as the other. And uh, you know, and it's sort of like the big knife, little knife thing, you know. And uh, I mean, I could get away with going into the woods with a big knife. Because I always have a small folding yeah. knife with me, you know. Yeah. So, so I can, but to but to stand there and tell and argue with me and tell me that 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 giant bussy knife is going to do everything that my woodlore knife can do is insanity. And plus the fact that you're going to have an uh, an axe and a right. saw with right. you, <laughs> you know, it's like come now. But um, yeah, and. I think you know that'd be that'd be interesting interesting discussion to have it at in greater depth. But he was even saying like, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. What that? You know. Um, well, that could be that too. You know, just, I mean, it, it could very well be. Yeah, that, but, uh, you know, you got a whole generation of kids that have never been in the woods. Oof, <laughs> oof. <laughs> oh my God. I I don't know. I I'm just saying. You know. Well, and then you know, it was I'll, the gar- I'll guarantee like, you that it, that uh, that if you're 20 years younger than I am, I'll guarantee you you can play a video game much better than me. Yeah. You know. But um, 
Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's what I've decided to do. Chance said that he's thinking about putting together a video just showing some of the things, you know, and I think what I might do it. is, like, yeah, I I definitely watch that, and I'm going to, if he actually puts it together, I'm going to link to it and stuff, and and I'm not only going to watch it, but if he puts that video together, I'm I'm actually going to make one so I don't have to buy it, and then I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to try it out. You know, I'm I'm gonna at least give it the the college try, and say, okay, well, I tried this, and you know, and then well, the, and opinion. the funny part about it is the the only one that's mass produced, my understanding is the Tops knife, right? And yeah. then there's other knives that are similar, but not. I've heard that the Tops knife is not a real good rendition of it. That's the general opinion that I have heard from people who are into the Tom Brown right. tracker knife. Is that the tops one is, you is know, there, if you're gonna, that's probably not the one to try and and base your opinion off. But of. it's the only one that's available you know, unless you want to spend five thousand dollars on one. Well, and that's that's my point. Is what I'm gonna do is um, I'm gonna wait for his video. I'm gonna see what he shows, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna. You know make what? One. I might. You know, maybe I should, what I should do is try to make one at the grind in. Yeah, well, that's that's in March. I was kind of yeah. So and I was kind of hoping to to do that too. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe to, we should get to, the dimensions of the actual Tom Brown knife, or have him trace uh, trace a pattern of a of a good one. You know, I I may end up modifying the handle slightly, um, based on the the traditional one, but. I do really, really, really want to try it. Maybe we can make a um, just, smaller one. Well, let, I mean, <laughs> then, then, then you wonder whether it's whether you're getting the right. Well, actually, uh, and and I think I think I've heard Chance say that before too. Was that the the Tom the the uh, tops version of it is not? If you're going to base your opinion on one, that is not the one to base your opinion on. Um, right. And and I'm not sure exactly why that is, but um, but I think. Uh, I think maybe what I'll do is uh, is get him to trace the one that he thinks is the is the best rendition of that because he's got several yeah. different several different yeah, ones. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. an efficient. So let and then and, um, uh, maybe maybe grind one up up at uh, at the grind in. Yeah, and and I was planning on doing which that which too. by the way is um, March is, is, the. 14th yep, yep. to 16th. The weekend right? of March 14th yeah. through the 16th. I'll, unless I'm out of the country, I'm going to be there. There's no good reason for yeah. me not to be. And I, and I I kind of wanted to do uh do one of those uh Tom One of the things you can do is you can learn a lot going to that. Even knife makers that go to that walk away learning yeah. something. Because because there's a Oh yeah. And and I'm not saying that that you're going to learn how to grind blades. But a knife maker can go in into that shop and look at ways that he can produce more knives. Yeah, just look at yeah, the workflow. Right. Like every, yeah. I don't care what your experience level is. You're gonna say they're doing something wrong. You know, uh, you'll you'll look at it and say, well, this I would do this different. Well, you just learned yep. something. Yep, you know? exactly. Like, um, but. Um, and uh, actually, we probably better not promote that too much more, or there won't be any spots for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
at some point I got to get a little bit uh, careful about promoting yeah. it too hard because <laughs> yeah. they only have like 50 right. spots, yeah. right? But um, anyway, um, yeah, I think I'm going to try And it is, and if you've it. never been, if anybody listening, if you've never been to this thing, it is a lot of fun. I mean, it is, uh, it is a tremendous amount of fun. There's a lot of very knowledgeable people that are there. Um, and, and you'll have a good, you'll guarantee you have a good time and a good meal. There's a, a nice yeah. dinner, uh, on uh, Saturday night. Um, yeah. And lunch, lunch has provided that, um, that one day and he's getting, uh, that, that, you know, that guy with the yep. sandwich shop yep, that yep, we went yep. to, he's, that guy is bringing yep. stuff in. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a, it's so, a lot of fun. You'll have a good time. Yeah. Anything else? We've, have we yeah. beaten up anybody That's, any more than? Uh, I think I think we may we may need to there. make apologies, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean, come on. <gasps> if we're mentioning you, like we like you, so just calm down. <laughs> you know. Well, we'll see what but, we'll see uh, what happens. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of Chance and and uh, and have him send have him pattern me one of those, and I'll bring I'll bring it up. Yeah, I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll have him. Yeah, when you send him, send him. Maybe he'll he'll probably hear this. But um, when he when he sends it to you, just have him copy oh, okay. it to me too. And I'll 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 actually cut us a pattern oh. out of wood, so that we can just lay it down and trace it. You know, um, with the holes in the right spot and everything like that. And then we just got to make sure that Mike's got a piece of steel right. that's big enough. Right. Um. That'd be the only thing, because the blade height on those is uh, it's pretty, yeah, it is. It's pretty tall. It's like a two-inch blade or something. And they're fairly thick, aren't they? Like Real maybe thick too. Yeah, and then then we got to figure out how we're gonna do the serrations on the um, on the tip. You know, because they've got like serrations up there, like a is like it? a oh. saw. You know, it's that's one of the features is that 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 tip has the serrations on it. Is that a necessary feature? But uh, well, that's one of the ones that I'm sure that um, people who like that knife are gonna say is is the the ticket, you know. Um, that's one of the main features. The saw I guess you could, yeah, the saw you could do that with right. files, but on hardened steel, that's gonna be a real pain. Hmm, that's hmm. something to wrestle with. Yeah, we'll have to think about maybe Mike Mike will have a solution to that. He knows what to do. You probably make fun of us. We'll you probably ask make fun him. of us. Yeah, I know. We're gonna get beat up over it. I don't care. I'll make two. I'll make a tra- Tom Brown tracker and then I'll I'll come up with something else to make so that so that I don't get beat up too bad. But, uh... <laughs> anyway, so you're playing tonight. Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, there's so my um my daughters go to this uh Catholic school in town and um we would just send them to the public school but the first two ones were born deaf and they've got uh cochlear implants and um they you know they speak and hear basically normally but if if they're in a room that has like a tile floor it gets echoey and it's harder for them to process stuff. Well, the Catholic school had carpet. <laughs> so you're not a Catholic. <laughs> so, so we, I'm not. Um, my wife is, and my oldest daughter got oh, confirmed. Nice. 
Um, yeah, I was actually kind of, um, for lack of a better term, thrown out of a Catholic school, <laughs> but I've never been Catholic. Um, and that's probably why I was thrown out. But they, uh, but anyway, so we're going to do a fundraiser and I've got a blues band that I, um, play with. And then, uh, there's this guy from Chicago named Johnny Rogers and he's the world's foremost Buddy Holly. Oh, that sounds like fun actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually I've, I've played with him before when he's, when he's in the Midwest, I'm his drummer. You know, and he goes all over the world, so, I mean, I can't be traveling everywhere, but in the Midwest, I'm his drummer. So he's coming through, and then I'm going with him out to Nebraska to play play out in Nebraska for a bit, and then I'll be home. So I'm going on a little mini Midwest tour and all that. But, yeah, that's that's my plans. i got to get packing here. got to load up a bunch of stuff for that show and set up the venue. And I'm going to send you one more picture. Yeah. Okay, let's see what Jim just sent me here. Facebook. To your to your patience. To my patience, huh? Oh my God, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Oh. Isn't that unbelievable? That has to be that has to be photoshopped. No. Bet you it's not. It's just duck lips. It's horrible. Duck lips and big boobs. Yeah. God, Isn't that like yeah. the worst? Yeah, I don't, I don't offer that. <laughs> I don't offer that procedure. <laughs> oh my God, this is a skateway. This looks like Chicago. Oh, Ottawa, Canada. Huh. I don't know. They're skating down the rivers huh. in Ottawa. So, anyways, I'm gonna take my 96 inches of snow. <laughs> Actually, it's more than that now because it's because it's, uh, it's insanity. We've had since the fifteenth. We've had like two feet of snow since then. So add another twenty-four uh-huh. inches to that. Uh huh. Awesome. Oh, one quick other um, knife-related thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I I got to look at that K-bar pot belly. Have you seen that thing? That is actually, I think, a knife, uh, a pig hunting knife, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? I don't I think know. That but was it's what, cool. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Well, I'd, if I was going to hunt pigs, I'd use a sticker, not a, not one of those. But um, yeah, because you're going to bash them over the head and then maybe stab it was them. for butchering. I don't know, but it, it, I liked the yeah. look of that. That tripped my trigger briefly. Yeah, that's kind of it's got some sexy lines to it. Yeah, dude, it, it's they did a good job on that. It's got great visual mm-hmm. appeal. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing I'm seeing some of these trackers that don't have um, that don't necessarily have like a real saw up there. They just have notches. Like we'll have to ask yeah. Chance like what the story is there. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's a uh, like I said the. My understanding is that the tops one is not so great, but there's other ones like the ones that he has that he's real fond of. Seems to me are quite a bit longer than the tops one, like the the full sized yeah. ones. I'm gonna search for Tom Brown Tracker Original. 
Let's see what that comes up with. Tom Brown Tracker. Well, here's one on eBay. Oh, that's just the that's the tops version. Give me a break. Nothing nothing wrong with tops, but I'm looking for the. Which was there one that was one. actually was there a maker that was actually authorized to make those? Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I know um, a tracker knife. Hmm. Well, um. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot else. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> we, we, I think this is a good podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think we're we did all right, which didn't get. Oh, global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta mention it um, because you know Atlanta is uh, being affected by it now. You know. They got snow, so that means there's global every time warming. I see a, every global warming works every in mysterious time I see a ways. Prius anymore, I'm, I'm I'm like almost going out of my way to say you're such a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you bought into the whole global warming shit. Well, I, dr- I drive a a Ford Focus that gets like 38 miles to the gallon. That's because I got these little T-Rex arms that don't quite reach my wallet. <laughs> Has nothing to do with global warming, but. But I also only paid I paid uh, like like fourteen thousand or something for it. So I mean I'm, I didn't pay Prius money for it. That's just <laughs> stupid. Um, uh. It's it's I've decided that like the same way I wouldn't argue about like a, I wouldn't argue with a Buddhist about Buddhism. I wouldn't argue with a Catholic about Catholicism. And I wouldn't argue with a Lutheran about Lutheranism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's no there's no way that, that you can come to any kind of a meaningful discussion there because it's a religion. You're not arguing facts, you're arguing belief. And so my response to the global warming is just to mock it <laughs> from now on. I'm not arguing with you, I'm just yeah. mocking you. <laughs> That's, That's it. all the Sorry. amount of time I want I want to put into this is just making fun of you. Yeah, that's it. And remember, if you don't have something nice to say, come sit by me and we'll make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So check us out. Um, you, you know, you obviously you know where the the how to get the podcast, but uh, you know we do interact on the forums. Uh, knife knifejournal.com. We've got forums there. Um, we currently have a giveaway going right now for uh, a uh, Benchmade Skyline. What is it? Kershaw Skyline. Uh, And then uh, uh, you guys need to sign up for that so we can get get that given away. Because I'm thinking that there's probably going to be a Park River giveaway in the future. Ooh. That'd be nice. With that. Okay, I didn't hear that. And um, let's see. Uh, you can send us your email questions, your gripes, and, and things that we need to correct. Uh, podcast at knifejournal.com. And, you know, if we make a mistake, we really do correct it. You know, we don't have to be right all I, the I time. I do. I need to be right all the time. <laughs> well, 
Well, I I'm just teasing. I don't, I don't either because <laughs> I make too many I don't mistakes. You're gonna go to. I'd be chasing my Are tail. Are you going to go the to time. the NRA show? Uh, where's it's that? In Indianapolis. When is it? Um, March, I think. End of March. I'm going to go. My March is grinding March, March for me. Maybe it's April. I, I don't know. I have I'd, to look. Well, I'm for sure on my schedule is the March grind in. Um, I'm going to try to go to PWYP. Are you going to go year. snowmobiling with me across the UP? Yeah, I just haven't heard anything about it from you. When do you, you want to go? When do you want to go? I'm available anytime. Um, well, let's talk about that and, and get that figured out. Like uh, I told you, I got a dog sled. Did I, I, did I say that on the podcast? Awesome. You got to make your. You haven't said that yet. You got to make your uh, dogs pull that. Um, you know what I got? I actually got a great deal. On a, I was always kind of looking for a dog sled to go behind, uh, not that I would pull it with, make my dogs pull it because I, <laughs> I got a, I got a hand props to guys that have dog sleds. That is a mm-hmm. very expensive, very time-consuming hobby or a way mm-hmm. to make a living. One of the, however you want to, you know, however you want to put that. Um, anybody that's doing doing dog sledding. Is has got a lot of patience, and they've got a you know I mean the high that you get from dog sledding must be extremely high, because the investment is mm-hmm. pretty tremendous. Um, I pull my dog sled with a snowmobile, <laughs> <laughs> because I think gas is a little bit cheaper than having a bunch of dogs, uh, and and, yeah, and feeding them and listening you know, to all the barking and maybe and not and... as reliable. As dogs let as dogs are, but um, I don't have to. I don't have to feed them, and I don't have to. You know, I mean, and I, I, I don't want that to come across the wrong way. I, I, I love the whole dog sled idea. It's just that I don't have time to deal with that. Anyway, so I found a dog sled on Craigslist, and uh, had pictures of it, and it looked pretty good. And I thought, you know, as I been kind of looking for one for a while because uh they're they're light they only weigh like 30 pounds and <clears throat> i thought it'd make a great cargo sled for pulling behind um a snowmobile so i rigged mine up with a little hitch so that you can like the uh a hitch off of a um uh, oh what the heck is that called Now I'm totally not remembering the name of the damn jet sled. I've got I've got some jet okay. sleds, and I took the hitch off a jet sled, and I mounted it to the front of this dog sled. And mm-hmm. uh, it is so totally awesome; it's not even funny. I mean, it is. It's you can put a lot of stuff on it, and, and it's got it's like a cargo dog sled, so it's like the bed is like five and a half foot long, so you can put uh-huh. just a boatload of gear on the dog sled and pull it with a snowmobile mm-hmm. so i'm 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 pretty all nice. set for that you could you could make the women well and i in i, the, I <laughs> the I'm little make, car I'm behind my car. Uh, i'm gonna make my wife uh, <laughs> uh ride back there this weekend and all that snow yep, will be blowing yep. up on her and she said she said <laughs> that she would stand press. on it behind because it's got the foot things behind there um and i may yeah. 
I what I may do is uh, in the future make a box to go back there so you can haul even more stuff. But we'll see. But it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I got to tell you, it is it is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool rig. Yep. Sweet. Yep. I'm it's excited. Fun. But so I was I fiddled with that last weekend. Nice. What else? Yeah. Well, that if we if you can get it to be reliable enough to pull behind uh, and get that tuned up, that may be a way to pull mm-hmm. our gear like a uh, tent and yep, stove yep, and yep, stuff yep. in there. Yeah. The uh, yep. teepee. Sounds like. I bought the snow anchors. You bought snow? I have snow anchors. Well, I know, but I I wanted oh. them for my own. Um, but I but I bought them and and I, it turns out. Oh I yeah, they're nothing them. special. There's, yeah, nothing there's nothing to special it. About it. They're just conduit, aren't they? They look like conduit with a little yeah, it's uh, really with an eye bolt on it. <laughs> I tell you what, you freaking need it right now up here. Yeah. There there's yeah, no. I mean, there's four yeah, feet of freaking snow. snow. How are how are we gonna deal with the ground? Well, though? you just put snowshoes on and you walk in a circle until you get it all mashed down. You you mash. Okay. Oh, you yeah. have some or? Yeah, I, I live in the North okay. Country. We have all kinds of snowshoes, and you. Yeah, we never get enough yeah, no, snow well, to you, use it. And you, believe it or not, you are not walking in the woods right now without snowshoes. It's it's that bad. Yeah, um, forget it. But you can um, uh, you can you can uh, you you basically you you. Start in a circle and you just mash down the 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 ground and then um, make your put up your tent on top of it. Are we gonna put a um, we gonna put a a tarp down? Don't have to. You can if you want. You don't have to. I mean, I have. You know what I what I use and I've had really good luck with it is um, and people will probably laugh about it, but I have body bags. Yeah, and, yeah. And I have some that are casualty bags and then some are military body bags. And the casualty bags, mass casualty bags are just basically like the blue tarp stuff sewed together mm-hmm. with a zipper down the middle. And what you do is you put your thermal rust pad in it, you unzip it obviously. You you put your thermal rust pad inside of it and you open it up and then you put your bag whatever uh-huh. whatever sleeping system that you have you put in there and that's like a little mini ground cloth and you can put your boots next to you and you know, you can put your stuff next to you, and it's kind of enclosed in one area, and and it, it mm-hmm. seems to work real well. And then you know, you get up, you put your your shoes on, and walk around. And then if you want to put, um, if you want to use uh, boughs, pine boughs, or something for ground cover, you can do that too. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I found that that works pretty nice. And then you can you could also use the tarp, but okay. but that works real nice though. You know, it's something that you can even even if I had a tarp ground cover in there, I would still use this system because you know you walk in and out, you track snow in and out, your feet are wet, you've got moisture yeah. on the floor, and when you take when you you can take your boots off and step into that, and you know that that's going to yeah. be dry because you're never going to wear boots inside that in that inside that body bag. And then I don't I mean I don't zip the body bag up. Um, yeah. Unless, uh, except well, for during you, the day. You know I what mean, I'm going to do if I'm if I'm not in the tent and I'm not putting stuff away. I'll 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 zip it up just to just to keep shit together in there. But yeah. Well, I'm going to bring a cot. <laughs> I'm going to cheat. See, I got to tell you, I, when it's cold like this, um, and you're in a cot, you're above the ground. You're 
you lose heat through the I know. through the bottom. Yeah, I know you. So you got to put some insulation under you. So I I usually use like a cot and then a uh, um, I'm gonna use a cot and then a, a sleeping mm-hmm. pad underneath. That's that's really the only solution I can mm-hmm. come up with. That's what I do in my hammock, and I'm usually okay. But um, so I I sent uh, Chance Sanders uh, a thing on Facebook like telling him uh, what is your current favorite tracker knife. Jim and I are going to copy the pattern and grind it at the grind in details in episode 25. And he sent me back a picture. Uh, I like the original Beck model the best. And uh, he says that we need to put a tapered tang on it, though. And so he's going to trace it and send it to us. So That'll that work. should be cool. Yeah. But we're going to get beat up, though. We we also will have to make sure that um that he's got um steel of those dimensions mm-hmm. for us. The other um and then this one definitely has uh like they took a really big triangular file and ground into the top. So we're gonna have to find you could do that with the edge of the belt maybe. But I, I bet you Jim would have a good way of doing yeah. that. Um either either that or or we'll, I'll bring some steel that's um, not heat treated, and we can just put it in the, put it in the. Um, it wouldn't take but twenty minutes in my forge and with some oil to to just. Now they heat treat they right have there. a they have a heat treat oven up there. Yeah. Oh, they do. They don't like it. They don't like so it. So we could widely known, but yeah. they do have one. Okay. Well, I won't. <laughs> <turn it off>. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> like thousands of people just heard that. <laughs> but, but um, uh, what? So if he can't get steel of the right dimensions, then um, then uh, or if he can't get steel of the right dimensions, and if there's no solution to putting that um, top on there, then we'll have to do a heat treat there. Um, I think it'll right. be good. I'm excited. I don't know if I'd make the handle exactly like mm-hmm. that though. I, I don't again I do I do not traditionally like my handle telling my hand where it has right. to go. But I'll you know, maybe I'll just bite the bullet and copy it directly. Yeah. So So which one is the which one is the one that send me the send me the picture. Okay, let me see if I can do it here. Let me see if I can find a link. Beck tracker knife. David R. Uh, Beck knives is the thing. There's the tracker. Individually, Model C tracker knife. Does he have uh, one of those? Let's see. Yeah, Chance does. Now available for order. Um, let's see, pricing. Ooh! Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> it's a thousand dollar knife, door. dude. No, for real. Is that is that a WSK? Yeah, it's the Model C WSK. It's a thousand dollar knife. Plus, you no, know, actually, you know what that you know what that handle I'm, is. I'm going to make that those. That it's got to be freaking unicorn no, no, no. horn. That's that handle is actually. Copied from a loveless handle. 
I'm I'm stealing that. If he can sell those for a thousand dollars, I'm gonna make those. This is craziness. A thousand dollars for that? Hmm. Oh my That's god. That's a lot of money. No Shinola. But that that one in the top picture there, that is a yeah. Bob Loveless had a handle like that on one of his knives. Yeah. Thousand dollars, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to I, tell I'm you. T- I'm, I'm gonna. T- I'm totally gonna make to those. And they have a. That's a thousand dollar following. I'm trying to figure. out... You know, <clears throat> and it's int- the gap on the bottom. I kind of can see how you could use that to shape. Like if you were gonna make a spoke or you were gonna make. Uh, like yeah, as a, a draw knife. knife right? But if you have yeah. those teeth on the top, how, how are you, you gonna, gonna grip it? That? Well, unless you have a glove. Yeah, so you're going to rip your You know, there's probably up, ways around I suppose. it. But yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind. $950. Holy shit. No. The Model C Gen 2 WSK price equals $1,000 in parentheses plus shipping. Wow. Dude. That's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. I'm totally making well, look one at, of these. His other knives look pretty nice, though. Yeah, I mean, he's. I'm not saying he's got bad craftsmanship. I'm just saying, a thousand dollars. It's probably a pain in the ass to make. It's not. It's not that bad. You got a. You got. Uh, there's a complex grind on it. People make those all the freaking time. <laughs> oh, the, but the look at the saw. Look at the close up of the saw. <gasps> It's like the saw on a um, on a Swiss Army. Oh, it's really got, it's got offsets. That's got to be difficult. Yeah, and it's the little triangular teeth like on the Swiss Army knife. That's where the expense comes. How do they do that? It's not easy. Google that shit. That's not an easy thing. We gotta ask uh, Mike. You think he machines it? He must. I wouldn't know he how must. to how to I don't wouldn't know how to do that by he must. Some of those lines must line up somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. Some of those lines must line up somewhere. Cuz they uh That's the only thing I can think of. $1000. Well, Chance said he'd trace it for us. <laughs> so Okay, yeah, he he's got some pretty good pictures up there too that we can pull down for detail. On the, um, I think I would be more apt to just not worry about the saw teeth. Yeah, and because I'm because I am kind of intrigued with that curved and using that as a draw knife. I mean, I, you know, last time I had to make a wooden yeah. wheel, you know, I had to I had to make spokes back in prairie I had to times. Make a, I had to replace a spoke <laughs> on a wheel. You know, mm-hmm. I needed a spoke shave. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I maybe maybe not mess with the mm-hmm. with the teeth, and I I think I would put put my own handle on there. Um, I think 
think I'd I'd have a little better time with it if I had my usable handle. I do want to give a plug to the M18. <laughs> That's the <laughs> I know you I, I got to get that up to you sometime so you can yeah. play with it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a fun yeah. thing to use, you know. Is it like throwing my hatchets, throwing my axes? Yeah, like that. Um, and like that one Indian guy walking around with uh, the the loincloth and no <laughs> underwear. Like, I'm with Jim at this frickin' renaissance uh. fair up by him. And like my shoes untied so i like bend down to tie my shoe and i look to stand up and there's this ass like right in front of my face and i'm like oh man am i in high school is someone gonna fart on me here (laughs) and it was this dude like walking around with his butt and balls and everything just hanging out and there's like there were and it's like it wasn't even subtle it was just out there like there was hair everywhere. It was, it was, it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still have flashbacks to that. I know I've talked about it before, but I just got a message anyway. from uh, from Jason from DTL DLT. <clears throat> he said uh-huh. they've had 220 inches of snow in Calumet so far. Oh my <laughs> gosh! 20 inches. Jesus, that's 20 feet. <laughs> gosh. Oh. Well, anyway, I better get going. We'll sign off. So, everybody, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. And uh, we'll let you know when the next one comes out. It'll it'll probably be pretty quick because we were kind of lax on this last one after the three-hour marathon was a little bit rough. We gave them a lot of meat and potatoes. This one's already at two and a half, and there's not going to be anything cut out of this. So So we'll see you next time. All right. Have fun. Sign off. Bye-bye and bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye.